Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Nothing beats terminal parking at Melbourne Airport. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Great to have you. Great to have you all on this Thursday, the 15th day of February. The McCafe menu. It's a day of reconnection with all our favourites. Georgie Samios will be wandering in the wonderful world of wine, see how much he's drunk over the last few months. Johnny from Epping is back. He's not happy with you, which I love. So he's going to join us uh, and our new greyhound. I've forgotten the name of it. I know, has it got a kennel name? Welcome to you, Wisp. Uh, good morning, Gary. Good morning, everybody. Nice start from you this it's morning. It's called Eternal well, King, Eternal King greyhound, but yep. we need a name, like a kennel name. Yeah, we do. Have you got one? No, I haven't. When no. you're, you're, so you've got two dogs coming today. You're getting Pearl the Pug as well. Chris, without notice, mm. oh, there's a lot going on this <laughs> morning. Lot there's a on. lot. We've had a very, very fun hour before we came on air. We did because Brooke, our producer, He's our back. normal producer, and thanks to Mitch too, yeah, who uh, in, filled in the last couple of days. Boy. It was excellent. But uh, Brooke, our producer, our main man, is back from uh, Las Vegas. I know. He's got Brooke's one of the best producers in the business. And he, he got an exclusive, an exclusive before the Super Bowl with Andy Reid, the coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. I know. He's going to come in after the first break and, and tell us about his trip because he is one of the media. He's been in the media for a long, long time. Yep. He's the best producer in, in sport. I don't think there's any Ooh, question about that. Loved by everybody. Loved by everyone. Does uh, Produces us and produces footy here at SEN. He's been at AW. He's been everywhere. He's a superstar. He's a Seymour. No, he's not Seymour. He's Seymour. He lives in Seymour. Yep. Um, that's where the family is. And... Vegas was an eye-opener. You reckon Jared's not a Vegas guy? I don't think Brooke was a Vegas guy, but I tell you what, has he come back? Did he warm to it, though, quickly? Vegas swagger. So he's going to come in after the first break and tell us about the sphere. The what? The sphere. What's the sphere? You know, the big dome where they get, where they reckon it's the most extraordinary watching experience you can ever possibly have. Haven't you been listening to Jared talk about it? No, I haven't, no. All right. Well, they went and saw you two there. Right. Mm. So he's going to tell us all about that and what it was like at the strip. He was at Radio Row. He saw all the big guns, Stephen A. And old mate, the punter, Paddy McAfee. So he's all there. All there. All we, there. Looking we, forward to that. When's he going to come in and do that? I thought he was going to do that off the top of the show. No, no. I've got, we've got other stuff. How'd you go celebrating um, Valentine's Low Day? Low key. Like, what did you do? Nothing. The, 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 the What? Nothing. The master of romance did nothing. <laughs> what? I... I was that all you had in you? All you had in you was lighting up a big heart. That's all you had in you. I don't need to be told when you need to do something romantic. Okay. It's the, the spontaneity is the key to all that wisp. Right, okay. How often do I have to tell you? Well, I've got to say, there's a lot of people out there last night celebrating. What did you do? Um, we had a pizza, nice pizza, up the road. You Favourite went, little pizza place. You went out of pizza, did you? Yeah, a lovely what, little pizza. Hawaiian? No, the Italian artisan, <laughs> the one up the road. Uh, a lot of people there ran into Sammy Durham. Uh, did you say Durham or Durham? Durham. Durham. Yeah, he was there. He was waiting for his, uh, he's one of his lovely. He's one of Brooke's good mates. I oh, know, he's a lovely young man. And um, he was waiting there for his sweetheart. They were out there celebrating. There were a lot of, uh, there was a lot of um, 
hand holding and hand swinging well, in, the, in the restaurant okay. last night. Rather than us too. A lot old, of people. Old, uh, Duds talk about it. Let us know how you went last night with Valentine's Day. It may have been a 10 year, 20, 30, 40, 50 year anniversary thing. It may have been a first date. Did it just kick things off in the right direction? Well, I, I, I had a good look around yeah. in the restaurant, and there was, a, there, look, there was a lot of what I would term young love that was being celebrated last night. Tables for two well, everywhere. Get, you know what? It would have Very been, young people. The numbers, I'm told, were well down because most of the young people were out at the airport watching Taylor Swift's plane land. And did she land safely? Yes, safely. It's a, it is on every television screen in the studio. Crazy. Crazy. It's crazy, isn't it? She sta- is she booked out the how many floors at the Crown, at the Crowns? Who says she's staying at the Crowns? Well, that's what I've been told. Oh, well, just, there you go. It is, it, it is mayhem. Absolutely Travis, mayhem. Travis wouldn't be travelling with her. He'd be... Part he, of the ticker tape parade in uh, Kansas. Yeah, you, he may He'd be coming over a bit he later. May wouldn't arrive he? at some stage. Has he, Kels, have you had any contact Kels, with him? Kelso. <laughs> have you had any contact with him? He's got my number. Did he take up the offer to do the uh, the kangaroo and the kookaburra tour or the not? Full tour. The kangaroo feed into the kangaroo on the Kubota into a tractor drive. Will she get behind the tractor like you uh, did uh, when yeah. I took the kids down there or not? Yeah, Were you allowed to do that? I'm, I'm, a, I'm that. Lift some that, dirt off the ground <laughs> and then tip it out again? Who do we have? Huggy? Huxy. Huxy, Huxy. Huxy, I just put him on and said, off you go. <laughs> Try not to run into a tree. And then away he went. Hey, I want to give a shout out this morning. Uh, this is a bit um, indulgent, but my son Ben... One of his really good mates, Alex. His dad's funerals today in Fitzroy. And there'll be a whole heap of people going that'll be listening. Dominic Corsi was his name. Mad Collingwood supporter and never misses the ramble, never misses the podcast. Has been a great, great supporter, Whispers, of us. Mm. So to all of those, the Corsi family and Jewish friends family, yep. uh, that are going along to pay tribute to Dominic. We're thinking of you today and we appreciate all his great support and He's watched the Collingwood Premiership before he sadly has passed away. So um, he's a mad Collingwood fan. So that would have been some small solace for the family. But big day today at Fitzroy. Well said. Good on you. Good on you, Alex. Um, what else you got for me there? I've got some other. We had a big day yesterday. We oh, had the yeah, AFL promotions. presentation. Uh, we had the Channel Seven presentation. We had our photos taken around the corner here. Oh, that's right. It you was didn't great. Wear a hat yesterday. Oh, it's amazing how many. You, you got no idea how many people work in your football department until you see everybody together in the one place How at the one time. excited were they? See, very, very excited. Very, very passionate. That's what I love. Um, you know, a lot of people pot Channel 7 and all that sort of stuff. Always, it's sort of like... Who pots Channel 7? A lot of people love kicking the broadcast and that oh, type yeah, of thing. No, we, everyone gets I can say this, though. Fox does. With my hand on my heart, <laughs> the people that run Channel 7 love football. No, they are completely and utterly passionate about right. the game. Right. And not only that... Our message the last few years has been about the fan and the fan engagement when people watch football mm-hmm. and how important and the connection that mm-hmm. there is between players it's and fans fan, and all that sort of stuff. When do I get And we made some great – we've got some great promos to, to play around that this year too. Good. I can't wait. Can you give me an advanced screening so I can review them? Well, no, I can't. You'll have to wait like everybody else. I'll, give, that, you, I'll uh, give you our Fox promo ahead of time. Can you? Yeah. Are you in it? Of course. Um, and the AFL, they made uh, know, actually. all the AFL heavy hitters over there too making presentations. Oh, yeah, that so, day. Yeah, so day. The, They're yeah. pretty happy with things, the AFL. Ours is coming I up next I tell you what, they are awash with money. Yeah. Have you been following that up, how well, much money they, they make? Do you know the season now is 29 weeks long? That is just the playing season. 
Not to mention the practice match period, which kicks off next week. Mm. It's a 29-week season. Mm. It's a long season, yes. Well, it can't be longer. Long, I would like it to be longer. Long you? season. Wouldn't you like it to be physically demanding game? Twenty nine. I know the. I know the fans. Are you talking about the players now? Or are you talking about yourself? Everyone. Right. You. You know who you are. No, that's just long. I think twenty thirty. We're getting to thirty weeks. Not throwing. Not long enough. What do you want? Twenty four. Extend it again. Do you? It should be twelve months of the year. <laughs> that's what I'd be happy with. Wouldn't well, you? No, I would not. I feel lost when the footy's not on. Yeah, but, Completely but, and utterly lost. But what it lost. does, it gives you the... Look at all the anticipation and the sense of build-up and drama. I know. I know. But the AFL were talking about yesterday oh, how much money how much money has come into how the game. How much money they've got. How much money they've oh, made. No. Because they tightened their belts during COVID well, and they... Mi- it's not they, a private company. I know, but they're spending it. And 10% of that money is going into game development. A whole 10% of that money is going well, into game development. I don't development. want to set the SMS off early, but... There'd be tens of thousands of people listening involved at the grassroots level be saying, where? Yeah. Well, they'll They'd get going, it. Where, where is it? It'll, because it, it's it'll, bloody tough out there. It'll be filtered. So all good and well, the AFL saying how much money they oh, got. Look. When's it filtering down to the grassroots, Wisp? Listen, old Debbie Downer over there. Voice of the this was a this was a positive. This, this is a, a glass cage. This is a positive message to everybody that there's a huge amount of money that's going to be continued to put into game no, development. Well, uh, great, I think that's and, and and I think that's absolutely fantastic. There would be a few others in there that, uh, and, that would be saying, "Where is it?" And they're predicting also that uh, round one yeah. will be the highest attendance round in the history of the game already. And the memberships, you know how you know, the game is starting this year up in the northern states? Yes. They're saying that uh, all those northern teams, sell all out. of them are having yeah, sellouts, but all of them are having a significant uplift in their membership drives as well. So they're all way up on where they were this time well, last well, year I told you, as a result of that. My friend and yours, John Brown, has moved mm. back up there, says it is in, as the AFL like to say, footy up there, rude health. Uh, send the messages through. That's what they say. Gary, stop pronouncing nothing with a K. It's no, that's an, a little that's joke. Annoying. Well, I'm sorry it annoys you, but no, it's a little we, joke. We everybody. will continue to do that. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, we're going up there because the NRL are going over to. Where are they off to? To Las Vegas to open their season. Mm. They, they they've been preparing well for that actually. They have. They have. The captain and the vice captain right. have had a punch on. At Fortitude Valley, just to get themselves up and about. And there was a pylon. Big pylon. Did you see that vision of the pylon? There was more vision. It was just... Yeah, hey, our boys have mucked up from time to time, too. Of course too. they have. Your boys have mucked up from time they to time. They all have, Wisp. I'm talking about your boys, Melbourne boys. They had no, a bit I'm of a... talking about your Essendon boys, too. Have they had some moments? No, but no fighting like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a French restaurant, Tim. That's right. Not at Fortitude Valley. That was Africot. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> The the um how do you reckon I don't I don't want to wish ill on anybody right anybody yeah but how do you think they'll go over there in Las Vegas that, all the NRL boys they will be, because apparently according to our man our man Brooke yeah the NFL players stayed about forty five me um, minutes out of the strip because temptation is right on your doorstep at the strip that's right and um what what's I can't remember what that saying is about the devil and um and and um, the idle hand, but something along those lines. Someone will tell us, because you, you're obviously not. You can't. Someone will. <laughs> um, 
Is that a good idea to have them all staying there yes, on the strip? Right in the middle of it. <laughs> right, uh, right slap bang in the middle oh, of the strip. I'd love to. You know what I reckon? And have Matty John's leading them around every night. That's what they should be doing. Uh, they'll have uh, push ahead Pete. I think he's going to have to say a couple of words before they all hop on the plane and head to Las Vegas. I, I think he's going to have to read the right act. You think it's got danger, danger written all over it? Well, I don't want to. I, I hope that. How many it doesn't. games? There's two games, yeah? Yeah, I think they're there for three weeks or something, though, aren't they? Or oh, a fortnight. That, I'll tell you that what sounds would be like a challenge. A, that sounds like a dangerous long time. If, if you're there for three weeks to start your NRL season, then you come back <laughs> and you have to get back into the grind and the swing of things, that might be a challenge, Whispers. That reminds me of the old days, though, Gary, because that's like doing your pre-season, uh, that's like doing your end-of-season trip at the start of your season, the new season. <laughs> yeah. And back in the day when I, was, when I first played, mm-hmm. We went, uh, we went to the Gold Coast on our end of season trip from the previous year. As a pre-season trip. As a pre-season trip <laughs> at the beginning of the following year in late January. <laughs> Can you believe that? that? That's probably the greatest example and indication of how different the game is today. Idle hands are the devil's work. Thank you, Tony in South Yarra. I knew it was something like that. You got a very smart, very smart organisation. Hey, uh, we'll take a break. We'll get Brooke in to talk about his adventures over in Las Vegas because he was there firsthand. But before we do, Jose's joined us from Hastings. Jose. Boys, how are you going? Good, Jose. Thanks. That's good. I've got a, uh, a bit of an idea for you, Gaz, on your uh, day one usher joke. I think through the year, new segment, through the year, there's always going to be an usher moment, whether it's good, bad, ugly, whatever. <laughs> usher, get over here. I'll give you the, oh. just for you, Jose, because oh, I wasn't no. going to play it again, but just one more time. Asha, get over here. That's the exclusive audio we had from the Super Bowl. Good on you, Jose. Uh, Jose, if you only knew how many times you said that before <laughs> we even came on here this morning. We'll take a break. Brooks in here, and I've got a question. You know how you always talk about facilities? Who's got the best facilities in the competition? What Adelaide have? Well, there you They've go. they got the newest. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Who has got the best facilities in the competition? Geelong are saying that their new grandstand means that they have. You know, Hawthorne are about to launch mm. out. Right now, as we sit here today, mm. who's got the best facilities in the comp? Help us out. That's a good question. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Biggest sporting event in the world has taken place on Monday. What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at this. You asked about who's got the best venue, and Bob reckons whoever's got the triple ply in the toilets has the best facilities. And you said you're running with a very thick ply these days. Yeah, I don't know where it comes from, but uh, it's very good. Very, very, very good. Lockie says, first Valentine's Day since being married. Walked home, beautiful roast chicken. I walked in with some roses. I snapped off a tree on the way home. Good, good work. Well done, Lockie. Uh, Joel Brooks is a name that you would all be familiar with because he's our producer and you talk to him when you ring up and he produces footy here at SEN. He's been doing the job for many, many years and he had his first trip to America, if you don't mind, to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Brooksy, welcome. Gary, Tim, how are we? How'd we go? It was unreal. 10 out of 10 week. 10 out of 10. (laughs) Talk talk us through it. Paint the picture if you can. From a... Seymour boys' point of view. So I got there on the uh, Saturday before, so for a full week beforehand. So because um, so you were producing Jared's show, you're at Live Golf. You did a show from out there as well. Yeah. So so from the Saturday, um, it was we got to Vegas, met up with Jared, 
went and set up all of our equipment and everything at Radio Row. The next How big day, was that? Was that like yeah, exhibition so, building so size? day one, there was no one there. It was just us and a few TV they were setting up. Yep. So nobody in there. So I, I took a photo to do a before and after. So yep. nobody's there. Before you get there, can I just go back to the flight itself? I want to know Jared's uh, style on the... Did no, he, no, no. Did... So he was already over there because oh, when okay. I got there, he was at the Grand Canyon and we met... Um, that evening to, to go to Radio Road, right. check that out, set out, set up, and then we're away. Because I believe that uh, he puts on the Taylor Swift jammies and, and <laughs> puts on the eye, I, I, eye shades and goes to sleep very swiftly when he gets on the plane. Listening to a few Swifties. Were you staying how far? Could you walk to Radio Road? We could. So a place called Tropicana, which is set to be knocked down on April 2. So it was... A bit tired, but in the perfect spot. So yep. the reason it's being knocked down is because they're putting a baseball field there because they're moving baseball team to Las Vegas. It's going to be the epicenter of the sporting world. Well, yeah. So one of the storylines there is that there were no sporting teams there for a long time, always failed, um, gambling, all that sort of thing. It clashed, but now it works. So we went and watched the Golden Knights, the ice hockey team who had won a Stanley Cup a couple of years ago, and um, they just put on a show. So that was one of the highlights. We went to the Sphere. That was a highlight. So we were doing Tell us this. about that. Give us the – Tim didn't even know what it was. Tell us about the Sphere. No, I saw the picture you sent me, actually, yeah. Yeah, so the Sphere, it's this big, big dome right in the middle of Las Vegas. It, it just looks unreal. So Seat, we, Seats how many? I think it's about 20,000. Oh, so wow. we went there twice. We went once to watch a 60-minute film, which um, Jared said that that was on the advice of Bucks, who had been there recently. He said, you have to go watch his show. And then if you go into to YouTube, then do that as well. And you sit there and it's just this huge screen. It goes all over the top of you and it, it's... 360 degrees. Essentially, yeah. And then there's 164,000 speakers there. So the sound's unbelievable. Your seat sh shakes. So when we were watching you too, you know, the visuals were as good as it gets. Yep. The sound was just unbelievable. And then it's you too, one of the biggest bands ever. It was just a show that you'd never see. So do they... Is it... Is it uh, Traditional setup, they up the front or in the middle or how's that? Yeah, so they they were up up the front and there was sort of a big stage and then the what? I just can't explain how big the screen yeah. it was. It just comes all over the top of you right. and and hang on, are they really there or that it's just a film of them? They're there, they're there. <laughs> they were there. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. they so, played so, a concert there. So they have a re residency. So you know how I was used to. They do live there. No, no, no. So oh, well, geez, at the moment they've they're the first band to have a residency at the sphere which is recently that's opened. what i mean they live there they've got a residency there. yeah so they, no. they do three or four <laughs> an idiot, they do three hey, or four shows a week i want to get to this because uh you uh one of the very few people who got to speak to andy reed before the actual game itself is that right i was pretty close to deleting this audio because um it does take the mickey out of myself but i think it's better to probably go with it have a listen to this coach reed welcome to sen how you doing baby you look very relaxed at the moment. Is that the case? That's yeah, because I'm uh, kind of in a coma because I'm ready for a cheeseburger and uh, i got to get going. That sounds good. So you have one ring already that you're wearing. Um, how much would it mean to get another one? Well, people always ask me what my favourite ring is, and I always say the next one. That's a very good point. What's your message to the players for the next two days? Hey, get out there, have fun, enjoy yourself, execute the game plan, and everything's going to be just fine. Thanks so much for being on SEN, Andy. Thanks, baby. Glad to be with you. <laughs>
So what's what happened, happened bro? You want the context? Why yes. you gone bright red? What's what happened? happened? So I'm sitting there at Radio Row and there's stars <laughs> everywhere, right? So Stephen A. Smith's over there, Adam Schefter's over there, and then there's Cam, Cam Newton's the whole week was sitting right next to us. So there, there were just people everywhere, superstars. And um, Tom Sheridan was there and he um, came past. He goes, Andy Reid, he's just over there. Like, have a look. I just got this photo with him. I just did a quick chat and... I'm thinking, no way, Andy Reid, you know, he's, yeah. he's this coaching. This is the coach, of course, of Kansas City. Two days to time, like, nah. And Tom's a big, big um, American sports fan. And I looked over and there's people all around, this guy who looks exactly like Andy oh. Reid. <laughs> thinking, God, America, they just do it differently, don't they? They're, they're two days out and here he is just wandering through. And so I've legged it straight over. <laughs> Like, I've got to get him. So I've, like, I've never done an interview before in my life. Here I am about to interview Andy Reid. God, this is unbelievable. I'm talking to him. And the first answer was ham- well, the hamburger. Yeah. I'm thinking. Nah, Did he get all, a bit nervous? This is all a bit weird. Well, I had no idea what to ask him. So I've asked him three dollars. No, no, but when he said, good, good to be with you, baby. Yeah, yeah. That, That's when you were like, well, hang on a minute. Yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, I got a photo and. Realized pretty quickly, and yeah, it was pretty funny. So I wasn't the only one to get done, but yeah, it was a uh, well, it, it is a great experience for you, as you know, better than any of us. We're coming up to the 6 30 news, which is non negotiable. Um, we're so glad that you're over there and you experienced it all and you had a great time. And now get back to work, sure. Thanks, guys. On your brook, that is our producer, Joel Brook, who uh, lived the dream there for 10 days or so over in Vegas. Georgie Samios, John from Epping. Uh, the dog's coming in. We're going to meet King Eternal or Eternal King. And uh, your calls and text messages throughout the morning. And what's been a big week, a big comeback week for us. Yes. Is Johnny taking me to task over something? Yes, he is. Is he hot under the collar about something? <laughs> I think he might be, <laughs> indeed. Uh, I'll tell you a story about Johnny too. After the news headlines. A sports update for Keezer. Sitting on the sidelines... Get back in the game with Kiza Physiotherapy, Rehabilitation and Strength Training. Had our first heated argument yep. during the uh, news break. They're coming back to Melbourne. We'll come back to it. They're coming back to town. Great to see our text messages coming through. There's lots I recognise. Some aren't getting any funnier. Um, and there's lots of new ones as well, which is great. Are there? Yep. I haven't seen any new ones. Yes. Well, you don't. Have we got any freshies? Yes. If, you you're, a fir- if you're a first-time <laughs> listed to our program, we'd love to hear from you this right. morning. Nathan Murray, uh, Nathan Murray, Nathan Murphy will remain on modified training program and he's going to take part in the upcoming practices uh, matches. He won't be taking part. Murphy says he's found it difficult to get himself into the right frame of mind to participate in match simulation. So Have a good chat about that out of seven. That needs yeah. some fleshing out. Yeah, we need to unpack that a little bit, don't we? Dimmer Hardwick spoken about his departure from Richmond, saying he could have stayed around for the final two years of his contract, but he felt it was the right thing to do for the club or for himself. Someone I know going up there to do a big sit-down tell-all with him today. Where's he said all that? I don't know. don't know, but that's just a, that's just a tease for you. That is. Uh, Bulldogs veteran Tommy Liberatore has well been appointed vice-captain for the 2024 season. About time. Nine years after the midfielder was last in the leadership group at the Witten Oval. So it's what does that say about his development and his maturity? He's been through some growing, hasn't not not physically, but growing emotionally and as a leader. That's, uh, he's, he'll be the benefit. Uh, physically, the he's probably a little bit bigger than he was not nine much, years ago not too. Much. I think you've downplayed that. Speaking of the dogs, Timmy English says, nah, leave all my contract uh, discussions to my manager, Andrew McDougall. If you're Tim English, you just say, listen, because he did the interview yesterday with you. Yeah, Mitch Shep. Say, just for everyone else out there, 
this is how it sits. Right now, I'm in the last year of my contract. Everyone knows that. I know yep. I'm a free agent. I'm not going to deal with it at all. So don't ever ask me again. Andrew McDougall is my manager. So respectfully, um, that's it. That's yep. where, I'm not signing right now. I might sign in two weeks, two months, two years. I don't know. But right now, that's the final word. Good advice. Thanks. Very, very good advice. Hawthorne has ruled Will Day out of its round one clash against Essendon with the club still waiting for the return date from injury to be a little bit clearer. They've gone early with that, haven't they? Yeah, get it. I that's like good. that. Good. Get it I out like there. That. Well, that's what the AFL want. They want more transparency, which is a good sign. AFL have confirmed that the AFLW season is going to commence at the end of August in the in the bye period as well. So that's a good thing. I'll tell you what the other thing I learned yesterday, and you'll learn this too when you meet with the AFL, is the new rule on the ruck exchange. I already knew that. Yes. We'll talk about that a little bit later because that's the one that used to drive me insane, the free kicks played against the ruckman for holding off the opposition ruckman or putting their hand out in the ruck jewel. Anyway, the AFL, uh, what a, New, New South Wales defeated Victoria by seven wickets with seven balls remaining. Tom Rogers made 196 for Victoria off 142 balls. I was about to get to that. Um, today will be day one of the women's test match between there yet. Australia and South Africa at the Wacker. What else have you got to he say? Made, he hit 15 sixes. I was watching a little bit of it yesterday. It was on that small ground at North Sydney. 15 sixes. Um... Right. And another 100. Uh, hang on, what did mm. I make? Got all the detail there. 196 off 142. Victoria made 311. New South Wales chased it down. Uh, revised target. Alex Carey also took eight catches in a one-day match as well. Was he seeing him like a pineapple? He, he was seeing him like a watermelon. Travis Kelsey uh, admits he crossed the line, and it was unacceptable the way that he fired at his coach, Andy Reid, during the Super Bowl. Yep, that's but the way to do it. That's all been brushed under the When you win, you win. When you win, uh, which is a bit like we'll talk about what Kingy Kingy had to say. He was uh, he watched. He, apparently, Kingy was at training. Yes, he what, goes to all the training. He watched Collingwood practice match and gave him a nice little tickle up. Did he about what? Playing Hollywood football. Right, I didn't know that. Can you play Hollywood football in the intra club on the fourteenth of February? Yeah, you probably can. You said you got some audio, the coach. You've no, not I got haven't. That? No, you I haven't, haven't got that. I haven't got that. All right, uh, unwind as you wander. And Setsar with the Spirit of Tassie from 69 bucks. Conditions apply. I set you up. I set you up. It's not ready. I set you up. Well, don't set me up if it's not ready. <laughs> Head down the rabbit hole from next week too when um, our award-winning podcast comes back. And oh, all thanks to Tire Power. We've got some very exciting stuff coming up from a podcast in the podcast world. Very exciting, Tim. I got some. I got some uh, very nice oil yesterday from our fine friends from uh, Cobram Estate Olive Oil. Brent and the team and, had already delivered. And the then oil. I delivered, or then I was sent a photo later in the day, mm-hmm. which probably pointed to the fact that I wasn't given the, no, no. the premium oil. Well, it's, it's called. It's to, this is the Cobram Estate Ramble. Yes, of which I was pivotal in in a negotiating. Right. So it tells you where you are in the pecking order. <laughs> you are, so you get the premium oil. Well, there's no such thing as bad crop in state oil, my I friend. know there's not, but then you made a point of actually sending me a photo right. with the box that said premium olive oil yes, on it. I did. And I did not have the premium stamp on my That's olive right, oil. because you've done nothing to harbour this great, strong relationship we've got with Cobham Anyway, estate. I bathed in it last night. That's why my skin's looking so good today. Righto, let's get it. For the first time in 2024, he's, uh, he's been the nab rising star of the media, although he's been around for a long time, and mm. he's now setting himself up for a Brownlow medal style year. His name, John. The suburb he's from, Epping.
Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Great to have you with us on this Thursday. John from Epping is the man we're about to speak to. He's dominated the airwaves now for a number of years. He's had a big summer. His kangaroos are up and about. The coach is back. The young talent, George Wardlaw, just ripping it up at the intra-club. He must be getting excited, but I know he's got you in the gun, and it's with great pleasure that we welcome him to the program for the first time of the year. Welcome, Johnny. Good morning, boys. Good morning. Yeah. How are you going? Yeah, we're going good. How are you going? Oh, go to risk, mate. <laughs> what have you been doing? Oh, last night I took my wife here for Valentine's. Hey. We, we had a nice dinner with my brother and our friends. So what else you want? You know, that's a good life. That's that great. is a great life. Where did you go? Oh, we went to a restaurant near my place, not far away. Yeah. Yep. What did you have? What, what was on the menu? Oh, on the menu, it's just what you order. What do you like it to, to eat? <laughs> well, so I, the, know I, that. I had a nice, I had a nice big plate of uh, uh, calamari on the Ooh, grill. Beautiful. See, veggie, beautiful. All gluten free. All gluten free, Mark Shaw, mate. All gluten free. <laughs> and how's your two cockies going? Oh, they're doing fine. They're running around on the backyard and. Uh, they, they eat to the drink, eat everything free, so what else you want to? <laughs> well, Tim wouldn't realise because he didn't come to that special function that we were at at the Sporting Globe with all the listeners. How good a day was that, Johnny? Oh, I tell you what, it was one of the best over the year. SEN organised. I tell you, was, I think Hutchinson should have a medal for that. He's done a good job. Well, you brought along a few, you and Alfredo, yeah. and who was, that? who was Alfredo's mate? It was... Uh, that's how mate we go out together all the time. Yeah, did yeah. You, did What's you? his name? Frank. Oh, Frank. Frank. Apparently, uh, Alfredo was there till last drinks. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, he, I think he had a couple too many. <laughs> <laughs> who drove home? Because you had. You oh, had... who you reckon? It's silly me. Oh, yeah, I know, but you weren't happy because at one stage it looked like the car park. You were going to go over your limit. No, 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 no. Yes, the... you... It was a two-hour, but it was a riot. It yeah. was a riot. Hey, did you go to watch the kangaroos yesterday or not? No, I didn't go to watch them yesterday, but I will go next Wednesday. They're going to play a practical match with the Collingwood Dublin Street. I'll make sure I'll be there at 9 o'clock. Yeah, oh, you'll hey. be there. Hey, what, what about after the storm? Did you have much cleaning up to do in your yard? On the front, I still yeah. didn't have the chance to clean. On the back, is all right, but the front is a bit of a mess. And so when the, I got a bit of a extra time, I... Start and uh, clean them all up. Hey, uh, Johnny, that's, remember I was talking to you about those tomatoes you gave me? Tim saw them. Yeah, yeah. The biggest bush you've ever mm. seen. Like, it's like a hedge. And now, yeah, yeah, that's all right. Yes, that's all right. Now the tomato. I thought you'd give me the. I thought you'd give me the dud plants that didn't have any tomatoes on you them. You thought they just had flowers, yes. didn't you? I, think you, I thought you'd give me the NFT, the name for freaking tomato plants. But now they've come and there's. When will they turn red? Well, in mine, they're already all the three quarter red. I've been picking already have for, you? oh, maybe one month I've been picking tomatoes. What? Mine are yeah, all... I've been picking tomatoes for a month. Well, mine are big and green, so I need them to redden up. And everybody, uh, Tim, made me stay out last week because he preferred to go to work for Channel 7 instead to come here to get some tomatoes. Oh, that'd be So right. it looks like he's going to miss out. What did you do instead of, did he go and interview Jake Stringer? Oh, I'll tell you what, if you call that interview, <laughs> how can you call that interview? He was so nice to him. 
What am I supposed to do, Johnny? You tell me what I'm supposed to do. You're supposed to ask him the hard questions. <laughs> What's hey, you've been playing, you've been playing five years for Essenton. When you're going to start them, make up your money, what do you want to do? You're going to keep yourself fit for the whole season or just for a couple of games? Spot What's on. he doing, Jake String? What's he doing? He only play a couple of good games a year. He kick a couple of goals, and then and then he say that's it for the year. I've done enough. <laughs> yeah, you don't like Jake Stringer though. You got something I against. Say I don't no, like no, him. You, you yes, told me. I don't like him. Yes, you told me privately you don't like him in one of our phone calls. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't do, don't tell the big. Pancake is the way you want, huh? <laughs> I never saw the liking, but no. just say he's a bit of a smartass. It's all right. <laughs> Don't turn the pancake the way you like it, Wispy. Johnny's telling you how it is. I love That's it. That's it. Simple. Tell yeah. him that. Yeah. Now, now, can I, before I run out of time, yeah. uh, last week I was listening to Sam Adam at Kind of Corns. Yeah. Kind of Corns, he was commenting about... Uh, 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 Sam McClue on 3AW. Sam McClue, yep. 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 Yeah, he was comment about Carlton. I'm going to finish up on top of the ladder. Yep. For the reason is that they got the best forward the line for the past 20 years. 20 years? That's what he said. Wow. Sam McClue. A kind of concert didn't agree with that, which uh, I, I agree with the concert too as well. Right. So you t- uh, now you got. Uh, Harry Mackay, mm. he can even kick a goal from inside the goal square. <laughs> no, he's been you working. Take it off of Charlie, you take it off of Charlie if he get injured, where Carlton going to finish up? Where, where, where do you think? Well, if Charlie get injured, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're yeah. just leaving yeah. Harry Mackay on the goal square, yeah. I reckon lucky if, if he finishes seven or eight. But he, I, I, now I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be nice to Carlton. If Charlie going to be... Consistent, uh, healthy all year round, make sure he doesn't have any injury. The way Charlie play, I reckon they'd be turning the ladder. Yeah, well, I think right. you've got a pretty good point there. That, I think that, although, I thought that was a bit what. Although Harry's been working on his goal kicking over the summer months, so he's improved that area of his game, Johnny. Well, wait, we'll oh, wait. yeah, that's what everybody says. <laughs> and then when they're under pressure, that's right, Johnny. We reserve our judgment, won't we? Yeah, that, that's when you're going to judge a, a player, when he's under pressure and the game has to be win. Hey, listen, I've got some bad news for you. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> sure, I'll tell you. Uh, the practice match on Wednesday is not at Arden Street. I thought it was at Arden Street. Yeah. I heard the other day would be on Arden Street. No, it's now at Collingwood. Ah, uh, Collingwood. Yeah. Okay, I, I just get the train and I walk there. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, no, that's right. Hey, all right 10 o'clock next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, oh, beautiful, even better. What about right. uh, if Tim rings Craig Kelly and tries to get you a special seat up in the grandstand? Ah, oh, you think your team is going to do that? <laughs> hey, Johnny, what about, are you going to the Taylor Swift concert at the weekend? <laughs> Wait, what do you reckon? I've got money going, mate. Yeah, my name is no Tim Watson. I come from Epping. <laughs> you see, you know, you've woofed them down at that Sporting Globe like you had a fair water money in your pocket. A pick a pun? <laughs> no. Hey, listen, you, next week we're going to give you some homework, okay? Yeah. I want your grand final. I want your top eight because Tim, yeah. Tim and I put it on the line. Tim says the grand final is going to be between Sydney and the Giants. No, I, I say the grand final is going to be again. 
Brisbane Lion going to finish in the top yeah. and Colin Good going to finish second. Oh, same, the same, again. Yeah, well, Eric, you know why? why? Because no one team on the competition, they got a, a really full forward set up to say they can kick a lot of goals. Yeah. No one team in the competition, this year they got a good full forward. The one used to have a good full forward, a centre-half forward was Geelong. But now they got too old. If they get a little injured, they can't recover it. What about Adelaide? They got a good forward line? Oh, he's older than I am. <laughs> right, we're going to do hardcore footy next week, all right? So we'll get all you want. Be ready. Brownlow medalist, the rising star. We've got the whole lot from you. Okay, mate. Okay, no problem. Oh, race the start of being out of Melbourne again. Yeah, I think you might of be, course. I, you yeah, might of be course. right. I, um, you go into, you get into your garden and uh, clean things up, all right? Yeah, no problem, mate. Look after yourself. Good to talk to you, Johnny boy. Okay, see you, boys. Hey, Bye, mate. Johnny. Oh, did he give you a nice He going gave over me there. a good old short back and side. You were trying he? to turn the pancake there at one <laughs> stage. <laughs> He's on fire. He, you know that dinner and uh, lunch, or sorry, drinks we had at the Sporting Globe, mm. which you had at work, so you couldn't go. All the, all the listeners there were fantastic, and yeah, we've got messages here that people there had a great time. He was a rock star. Yep. Him and Margaret were the two rock stars. Don't, don't worry about anyone else. Derm was there, and everybody wanted a selfie with him. Yep, uh, absolute champion. So he's going to be with us through the course of the year. Bunnings Trade can help you get back to work with Amazing Valley on a huge range. The 40 Wings Temper text is up and going and it is zinging. 0499 the all-new Temper Pro Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper's, Temper's mattress like no other. My eyes have got worse, right? So I'm in between trying to read that screen yep. without glasses and I can't quite see it, but then I've put my glasses on then it gets blurred. Right. What am I going to do? You, has somebody got a solution? Has somebody blood. got a solution? I tell you what, my <laughs> my friends from Designer Eyes, yeah. Sammy, will yeah. be on the phone straight away. He'll have a solution. Is he still out at the? He'll say, "I think it's bifocals you'll need. You need, you need, you need, a, you need the set, you need a pair of glasses. Mm-hmm. They've got the top end, the top part of them, in one part for your eye, and the bottom end oh, or no, the bottom part of it has no, a different part. Might have laser eye surgery. Let's take a break, please, man. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Here with us, as always, Johnny from Ebbing has set the old temper text alight. There's a couple out there that, well, no, no, he doesn't get Johnny. No, this, this bloke, but he's in the. He's, I'm glad he's not a radio programmer because uh, he's the old uh, four four five. You're in the one four five. You're in the minority because what? Have we fixed your eyes as well or not? Transitional just... lenses. This fellow reckons you get the glasses and then you can look. Long or short, and you don't have to change. They just they make the adjustment. I had a call from my mate Sammy uh, from Designer Eyes out there in Nidri, Kilwell Road, Nidri. Um, will you go that far to have your eyes tested and fixed or not? Can they come in here? <laughs> can they set up a thing in here? Just why can they do that? We'll give them. A mention. I'll take you out there. Kilwell. I'll drive you out there. It takes it takes literally ten minutes on the freeway to get to Kilwell. <sighs> Kilwell Road, Nidri. It's not that far. Well, we could. Keep going. He's got everything. Panch. That's how far Keeler is. No, it's not. Hey, seven o'clock news is upon us. Uh, Johnny from Epping's going to join us. You're gonna, we're going to launch old um, Eternal King, our new Greyhound. He's going to come into the studio and meet you, Whispers. I'm looking forward to that. Your calls and text messages uh, as we get through our first week here. But out of seven, the big issues that are kicking around in sport.
Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Great to have you with us today. Weather update quickly for City Power. Summer, be prepared for extreme weather. We saw that over the last couple of days. Sign up for the SMS outage alerts at unitedenergy.com.au slash notify in Melbourne today. It's cloudy. 21 degrees. We're powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Hey, um, I did throw this out earlier. I don't know how you measure it and definitively get an answer. Who has got the best facilities in the competition? Because you and I, you got really fired up in the in the news when we started discussing it. So I'll throw it out there to the audience. Oh four double three nine eight eleven sixteen. Once upon a time, you know, I don't know who was the first to take it to the next level, but now it's an arms race. We know that mm-hmm. all the clubs that's incumbent upon them to be able to provide the sort of facilities that are going to make these kids they draft as good a players as they possibly can. Who's got the best facilities right now? I didn't really get in fired up. In my, my understanding, I said to you, the the newest facility is going to be the greatest facility. The Sydney Swans have just unveiled their new facility. I think Port Adelaide, I don't know that they've had an official unveiling of their new facility, but they've got a brand new facility as well. So you'd expect that both those clubs have probably got the best facilities. Collingwood, they renovated their facility, part of their facility over the summer months as well. I was talking to Adam Uzo yesterday. He was saying that Richmond are about to embark upon a extension of their facility as well there because they want some more or a bigger indoor space to do their training. Which is interesting and was the subject of our disagreement, not disagreement, but debate. They're landlocked. Richmond are landlocked. Collingwood, like Collingwood's facility is unbelievable. They they might not have to go any further, right. but they're landlocked. They they can't go any further. How big do you want a facility though? Well, You're talking about having you know multiple ovals yeah. and stuff like that. That's where why do you need that? I'm not saying you do, but that's where they're going. That's why Hawthorne are going to Dingley, to going out there to have you know multiple grounds. You see Melbourne are out. The Casey facility at Melbourne is extraordinary. I thought it was I hope I naively thought it was just ho hum. They got ovals everywhere. They got indoor kicking. They got indoor aqua. F- yeah. yeah, all that stuff. But why do you need Essendon out there at the hangar? They've well, got they left Essendon. Yeah, but they got two ovals there, and they, they, they prim- well, they primarily only use one of them. I was there last week watching training, so yeah. they're training on one oval, and uh, there's a soccer team. AFLW training. teams that, come into it, I would think. That's right, but you've got you still got the if you've got two ovals, okay, you. That's my point. You're fine. That's but what you said, why do you want two ovals? Well, every club's got an AFLW team. Yeah, but they generally structure their training so that they're at different times. Like, they might be on the training track for an hour. So, of a 24-hour cycle, they're on the training track for an hour. So, you just make sure that you schedule training well, around that. There's a game at, uh, again, I'm only talking about Casey. There's a game at Casey on, and then there was another 15 blokes training on the other oval out the back. Right. It was Greater Western. Um, I'm just trying to think of that. Sydney's facility looks unbelievable. It would be unbelievable. Geelong would be awesome. They've got new, you know, they're not landlocked. They've got that oval outside of Geelong. That's right. The text message just came through. Hawthorne will have the best facilities in a couple of years' time because it'll be the newest facility. Yeah, at Dingley. Well, yeah, there are... The Western Bulldogs. The, okay, Someone what, said the Western Bulldogs is just, it's just off the charts. This is what I want to see. Is I mean, that a I new facility? Well, hasn't even. It's just they're just back at Western Oval now. I think they've been away from it for a long time. So that's you know, my point. The newest one will be the best facility. Yeah, it'll be, because it'll have something that you know somebody else didn't have because it's only been invented. It's like you with your innovation on your house, and you're talking about having a, a steam room and a cold bath <laughs> and a hot bath I'm not and doing a all the other. <laughs> 
<laughs> your new build. It's in the eye of the beholder. It's the same thing. It's in the eye of the beholder. Like Collingwood's facility, proximity-wise, is second to none, along with Richmond. That precinct is unbelievable. Yeah. When, yes, last year when we were driving into the finals and watching games, mm. I was watching them get golf buggies. They, they drove their golf buggy across from, Vic, um, what's it called now, AIA? Right. The AIA Centre. A golf buggy ac- was, across the thing into the game, so they play the final. Did anyone it, hop in the one that Dennis Banks was chauffeuring? No, no, Banks he wasn't allowed anywhere near it. And then they drove drove him back for recovery and you know yeah. food and all that. So that that is that's extraordinary. But you, you're right. I tell you what, you are right. You're right about the idea that it is an arms race. And it's then an one arms club race. when one club learns that somebody else has got a 25 meter pool. They're putting in a 35-metre pool or a 50-metre well, pool. Well, a, a hot and cold pool used to be the, well, the duck's guts, state of the art. Oh, they've got mm. an ice bath. Yeah. They, can, they can go from a hot to yeah. This thing I saw at Casey, it's like a horse training yeah. uh, venue. That's how big it is. At St Kilda, we had, we had wheelie bins. St Kilda, you had <laughs> cold and cold. That's all you had. Yeah, but they're in wheelie bins. <laughs> no hot. I'm not joking. They're in wheelie bins. Anyway, I'll be interested to see if someone is a, an expert and could definitively rank the best facilities. I'd be very interested to have a look at that. Why has that got you interested anyway? I, I just think it's fascinating. I do. I think it's a fascinating part of where footy's going because it, we're following these overseas models. You, yeah. you know, in terms of proximity, Collingwood and Richmond and all that to the MCG and the sporting precinct is great, but World Sports suggests that, no, nah, they're going outside. There's big training facilities that are outside of the major cities because they want all the room and they want the expanse. I know, but the person I was speaking to yesterday about the Casey facility, he's mm-hmm. saying that uh, they're coming back. That's only temporary. So no, no, they'll no, be out no. there for a little while and then they're coming no, back no, into that's town. that's not true. That's not are true. Are you sure about that? I was out there Friday talking to the bloke who's tipped in a million bucks to make sure that it is the facility for them. And what do the players think, though, about having to drive out there? Well, I didn't ask them, but I, but. Well, well, you should. Maybe you should ask them. But if you're living, you know, that's why they should have Ask gone. the players from St Kilda whether or not they enjoyed no. being at Seaford. Well, the last people you would ask are the players. Well, well, why? Because the facility. They're a partner. Because the facilities. The, okay, well, put it this way. Having seen that, if a player was whinging about having to go to Casey, I would be wondering about his mindset to play AFL footy. Right. I would. I'd be looking at him going, well, I'm not sure about you. What if, if, you're, if you're whinging about driving out to Casey and once you get there to have everything there, everything, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be saying, I'm not sure about you. Well, I don't know that that would be the case because I would think it would be a legitimate uh, concern of a player to think, okay, well, I live, you know, you're making me travel an hour and a half or an hour or whatever it might be if I get stuck in traffic to get to training. Right. And you're going to ask me to come and actually live closer to there? Well, I don't want to live closer to there. I've got my family and everybody. My kids are in school and, you know, kindergartens. And two I don't words, want to be out there. Two words. What? 440. What's that? The average, average wage. <laughs> average wage. Oh, oh. It doesn't work like that, Gary. It doesn't work like pardon? that. It, it doesn't work well, like that play. in life anymore. If, you can't, if you're whinging about driving right. an hour or having to go an hour out of your way twice a week maybe. Right. And you're on 440,000 average. Right. And you might be on seven or eight hundred, then don't play, and live out in the suburbs and get on a train and travel an hour and ten minutes on the train into work. Okay. And what about uh, then? Do you think it's okay for coaches to be contacting players out of hours as well and sending them text messages or not? What's that mean? Well, these are the other new you know rules that are coming into to. What coaches aren't allowed to talk to their players? <laughs> 
No, in the Alistair work. Clarkson in, in, flew, I'm talking about flew the, to Las Vegas and no, knocked on Buddy Franklin's door and said, I'm what talking are you about, doing? I'm talking about the workforce where you're not going to have Don't to respond to, to, to the boss out of hours. <laughs> do you think about that or not? I think that's ridiculous. Well, do you want to try and keep the players happy or not? If you if you're not, okay, so if you got if you got forty two players on the list and thirty eight of them are unhappy about the fact they've got to travel you know, an extra hour to training or whatever it might be, don't you think that you'd be trying to make it as comfortable and as a happy environment as you possibly could, or you don't want nobody there playing? No, as long as the environment is the right environment. The Seaford one didn't work because it wasn't right. It wasn't it wasn't right. The whole setup wasn't right. No, but their main beef, yeah, but their main beef was having to travel there. That was their main beef. They had a yeah, they had Moorabbin that was around the corner how, from where most players live. How good if that was lived. set up properly, properly, and then they could go and live down the peninsula and just drive up the training there? Um, well, well, maybe that would have been a better way of attacking it, and but it wasn't a, at the time. Very good messages coming through here too that North Melbourne arguably had the worst facilities in the competition when they were winning premierships left, right and centre. But the game has changed. It has moved on. It has moved on. And you want to be able to provide the facilities, the best facilities you possibly can. If Tim English, now he's, Tim English is working out whether he's going to stay or go, right? So, you know, he said tomorrow, uh, yesterday he's with Channel 7, he said, I'll leave that up tomorrow. If the Western Bulldogs weren't investing and weren't spending money on their facility, what do you reckon he's thinking? Yeah, well, West Coast have. They've got two ovals over there. They've got, from all reports, this unbelievable, what, he's going to stay at the Western Oval if, if they weren't yeah, investing. I think you're being a little bit naive here. I think you're being a little bit naive. It'll be about one thing. It'll be about the bag. That's what it'll be about. It'll be about money. I'm, I'm sure it's, that would be a factor, but I how, don't think it's going to weigh. I don't really think it's going to weigh that heavily in his mind whether or not they've got two 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 ovals to train on, and whether or not they've got a, a fifty meter pool or a, or a twenty five meter pool or a thirty meter pool. Whether they've got oh, hot right. and cold. For, okay. I, I think be you're that. being a bit naive. If they were trying to get Tim English out of the West Coast over to the Western Bulldogs, and they said, "Listen." I know you got the state of the art over there. Come with me. I'll walk you through our facilities. And they walked through this joint that was back in the 80s. You reckon that had impact or not? Well, it may. It may in some way, but I don't think it's going to be. I don't think that would be the deciding factor for him. It would be a factor. Would you? How much? Uh, it, not so much in money, but in terms of importance to your team, mm -hmm. Tim English, yep. what would you be prepared to make him if you were – a club trying to attract his services. Would you be prepared to make him the highest paid player in your team? I think he's going to... Is that the importance he, you place on a Ruckman or not? Uh, on a good one, yep. And he he will... I think he's going to be in the you know, up in the million-dollar bracket. Because if you look at, again, his, his graph of improvement and you want to take... Mm. The, I always used to measure mm. him by the best Ruckman, and that was Max Gorn for six years, and may still will. But he, he's followed the same graph. Right. Now, is Max Gorn worth the money? Is, which he is. I mm. don't need to ask How him many? That. Can I ask you this? How many best and fairest has Max Gorn won? Um, I don't know, but he's been a six-time All-Australian. Mm. Six-time All-Australian. And there arguably is no more important player to that footy club than Max Gorn. So if Tim English... Is can, Tim English the most important player at no, he's the Bulldogs not, now? No, he's not, because Marcus Bontempelli's sitting there. Is he in the top five? Yeah, Petrarca to Bontempelli is... Sorry, Bontempelli is Petrarca to what Petrarca is to Gorn with him in English. You know what I mean? He's super important. You've got no Tim English there. You take Tim English out of the Western Bulldogs side, who, who, who leads that ruck division? 
Well, right now, probably Rory Lobb. Yeah, okay. That's a, that's that's great. Now, Rory Lobb's a really talented player, but he has not demonstrated in any way, shape or form that he's able to shoulder week in, week out, stand in the hole, ruck duties. Mm. Who won the grand final last year? Um, Collingwood. Who was their ruckman? Their ruckman was Mason Cox mm. and the other big fella. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> Cameron, Darcy Cameron. And where that, do you reckon they would fit on their pay scale at Collingwood? Well down. Exactly. Well down. So what are they just proven then? That there's no one size fits all. Mm. And you don't necessarily need to have all your money in your salary cap in the ruck division. That's right. Who won the premiership the year before? The year before. The uh, two years before. Well, Geelong did the year two before. Two years that. before. Well, no, that wasn't even Melbourne then. Yeah. Well, two, well, two years before that yeah. was Melbourne, yeah. Yeah. And who, was, who, who well, was driving it? Well, the kid that now is at Fremantle. He's a ruckman. Yeah, Jackson. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, he did in the second half. It's interesting. It was probably, he wasn't the best player on the ground, though, in the grand final either. Luke Jackson? No, he wasn't. Petrarca no, probably was. He turned the game, though, Luke Jackson. Anyway, it's a good it's a good discussion. This is Tim English anyway talking um, about uh, where his contract is uh, right now, talking to Mitch uh, Cleary on 7 News last night. No? No. We got Tim English talking about his contract uh, last night on Channel 7? I sort of trust him and trust his judgment with that. He's done all my contracts so far, so I'm just going to back him in and, um, yeah, hopefully um, we get the best result possible. Well, that's what you're after, aren't you? The best result possible. He won't stop people talking about it, which is fair enough. We understand how it all works. But um, I think it's a big year. It's a big year for the Bulldogs. And Tim English is right to sit back and say, yeah, I'll wait and see how things unfold. And the Western Bulldogs will do their best if they want him to lead their ruck charge to try and lock him away. Right, on, we'll take a break. Tone, Alex, we'll get to you on the other side. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. I love a little bit of an animated conversation, particularly this time of the year. Uh, we're going to have lots to talk about when the games get going, but these are the things you muse over. Uh, George Sammy has to join us, the dog to come in, the Greyhound. You can be a part of the Greyhound's winnings. Let's hope they win plenty. Police have arrested two armed people in custody after a Super Bowl parade shooting. What? I don't think... Uh, I'm just reading this off the news, so Booksy, get on this... Not, it's not saying that anyone's been killed. Multiple people have been struck, it said. So, it? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. just read that read that off the screen there now. Okay. Police draw guns um, at the uh, Super Bowl, the Chiefs of Vice right. we'll, read, we'll get you the details. We'll get you the story there. But it's on all the news right now. That's so crazy. That is crazy. And what did you make of the Nathan? Oh, sorry, I said we get to Tony. How are you, Tone? Um, good morning, boys. How are we? Good, thanks. Uh, look, just um, in relation to your comments about the, the training facilities, I mean, obviously the Collingwood facilities are far and above the best facilities in the league, but there used to be a time when they were actually criticised for that, that they were being soft, and um, the time when they were, when they were struggling. So um, just your thoughts, does having the best facilities necessarily mean you're going to have the best football side? No, 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 it doesn't, Tom. We spoke about that earlier, but in this day and age, it is incumbent upon each of the clubs to present a setup that allows whoever's being drafted, for instance, yeah. every yeah. opportunity to be the best player that they can be. And I don't think that was always the case over the years. That was a criticism. North Melbourne you know, spoke about the fact they didn't have the great facilities. They had the greatest player, the King, who took them yeah. you know, along with a really talented group to premierships. But as a young kid going in there, you're going, it was, 
am I going to be able to get as, you know, as maximised mm. everything here? And so that's all we're saying. There's going to always going to be someone that's going to go above and beyond and a bit further, but there does need to be a level at some stage. But it won't be the panacea. No, sure. no. But it is part of the sales pitch. You're quite right. Like if you're trying to attract a player and recruit a player from another club, then that would be part of the sales pitch. Come out and have a look at our facilities. And just on, um, we talked about Tim English and whether he should or shouldn't. And this is this is good from J Dog. He's a, obviously a Bulldogs man. He reckons that Sam Darcy's already beating English now. Uh, I've watched all of those. So J-Dog's, a, I'm, I'm assuming he's a Western Bulldog supporter, so he reckons he'll become the dog's number one ruckman, Sam Darcy, in time. But you can't just throw him in right now, can you? Well, you might, <laughs> if he's that good. Well, you know, talent-wise, but all indications are that Sam Darcy's going to have to be really well managed because he's picked up some unique injuries along his way. He so has. he needs to be a bit carefully managed, but I think he's going to be a super talent too, J-Dog. Thanks for your message. Talking about uh, disruption and injuries and things, uh, Nathan Murphy, front of the media yesterday, is just um, going to modify his pre-season program. This is what he had to say. Yeah. Nathan Murphy. It was good to see Nick laying a tackle for once. That doesn't happen too much. But, um, no, I actually responded really positively to that. At the moment, it's just about getting myself in the right frame of mind to... Um, be able to compete at AFL level, so we won't put a time frame on it. It's just a bit of a confidence thing. It has really no relation to my head issues. I think it's just the way I can approach the game better to play this game for as long as I can. So what did you make of that? It's a curious one, isn't it? He's had 10 concussions, um, Nathan Murphy. No, but then he just said that it's got nothing to do with that. No, yeah, that's right. He, he's talking about technique and, you know, the we say the... Commendable in some ways, reckless bravery that he has. Uh, but in the end, you look at that and go, with your history, you've got to sort of temper that to some degree. Mm. And that might be, that would be one of the hardest things to do in footy, Tim, is to say, don't be so brave. And then he, if he keeps going out and doing it, mm. then they say, look, have a couple of weeks away from it and let's try and work out, instead of doing this, running back with the flight at 100 miles an hour, which you are programmed to do innately, obviously. We've already told you we don't really need you doing that because of the situation, yet you still do it. Maybe they need a circuit breaker to go, okay, this is how you can go and do those sorts of things. That's what he's saying. So beyond that, it's I don't impossible know. not to think that the two are connected, that, that, though, in some way. I agree with that. And Isn't it? I agree with I'm that. I'm listening to him and I'm hearing him, but in my mind, I'm thinking, well, surely that's got something to do with it. Yeah. And we know that he got tackled at training. By Dacos yeah. as well, and he got flung into the ground, and he got up, and he looked like he was shaken from that as well. So, you know what the, the the most important thing is, and there's no suggestion that he's not getting this advice from people at Collingwood and medical people and his family and that type of thing that he looks after his health in whatever that means and whatever that takes, mm. and however that manifests itself right now, that is the most important thing. And if he's not, if he's lacking confidence in some way, and he thinks that he should, shouldn't be playing in those games, then that's the right thing to do too. And you'd have to give him the credit. He he took himself out of the grand final. He took he, – this is what gets lost a little bit. Mm. He is the person he, that said, I'm, I'm out of the grand final. Mm. The most important day of his football life, he was um, uh, conscientious enough of the situation to say, I've got to get out. So I would then look at him and say, well, you've got a pretty good handle on this. You're not going to be reckless. You're not going to take – like." I don't know if I'm playing in the grand final, Wisp, and I got knocked out. You'd be saying, take me out. 
So he's he's clearly cognizant of the issues and mm. and what could and couldn't happen to the point he took himself out of the biggest game. There was an article written recently about why is he still playing. This is the area that I get to where, having been through with Paddy and those sorts of things, yeah, Paddy got there in the end, and people were telling him, he, but they they are getting the best advice, and I know that Nathan Murphy would be getting the best advice. I don't want to tell yes. him to stop playing. That's not my right. I don't know what's intimately what's going on with him. I. I trust that they're doing the right thing at Collingwood with him and given that he took himself out of the grand final, that he'll make the right decision. So it's a, it's a really interesting situation. He says he's going to come back. That's what he's saying right now. Yeah, he hasn't retired from the game. No. Um, just quickly too, Craig McCrow um, was uh, confronted by the media post that uh, pre-season game yesterday or that interact club sim game that they played yesterday, Collingwood, about whether or not he sees himself as a long-term coach. This is what he had to say. I'm deliberate in saying that because I'm, I know this is not forever and I'm, I'm really conscious of that. Um, Can you I, say that now having achieved the success? Of, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I don't know, I just don't, I'm not going to put a ceiling on it, but also I'm a realist and I, and I, I stepped in, I, I don't know if you remember my first interviews, I'm, 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 I'm pumped to be here, I am, and, um, but I know it's not forever, so I'm really conscious to, to sit in it and, and appreciate what the opportunity I've been given. What's, what, what do you read into that, if you're the reading between the lines? I, I think that's just what we've come to expect from him. It's just he answers questions honestly and openly and there's an authenticity about him that just shines through in everything he has to say. And I, I, It's hard to see yourself as a long-term coach because if you get into coaching, a lot of those decisions are made for you. They're not your decisions about whether or not you're going to be a long-term coach and he has the passion. That's what he's saying. I've got the passion for it. I've still got the same excitement. I've still got the same optimism about coaching that I had when I stepped into the job. Why wouldn't he? The evolution of that role is a constant source of fascination for me, the senior coaching role and how much it has changed since you did it to where it sits today and where it'll be in another 10 years. Now, you know, we had Chris Fagan sitting in this seat telling us on air and off, and we're not breaking confidence, but the way he approaches it all... That is a mile away from what it was, excuse me, when you were there. And Gary, I sat down and interviewed Adam Uze yesterday, and I won't talk about the exact content of it because it's something that we're going to show uh, on Channel 7 on Monday or Tuesday. But it, 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 it it's fascinating when you talk to different coaches because we think that all clubs might be coached in a similar way and coaches mm. go about it in, a, in the same way, but they don't. No. They clearly have emphasis in certain areas and may suit their personality and their style and their philosophy, but they aren't all doing it the same way. And okay. that's why, you know, that's why they get different results. And if you get a great coach at your football club and that coincides with you getting the right talent around them, you get the great opportunity for your team to be successful. Let's talk about next Tuesday about the different types of coaches and maybe try and marry it up with your club where they're at. Yeah, Gattamuzo's brand new. He's going to be in everything. Yeah. He's going to be, well, you know, and he's, the challenge for him will be delegate and let someone else, because understandably you want to be in, in on top of it all. Chris Scott, yesterday, you know, those that have been in the system for a long time, mm. what it looks like for them compared to them is what interests me. We've got to get a breakaway. Several people, just that story, have been shot in Kansas City, Missouri on Wednesday um, after revelers gathered to celebrate with a parade and rally for the Chiefs Super Bowl win. That's according to police. The shooting took place west of Union Station near the garage as Chiefs fans were leaving. Officials said two armed people have been detained 
according to Kansas City Police. We'll monitor that story as it unfolds. Georgie Samuels is going to join us very shortly in the studio. First time for the year. Great to see Georgie. Boy, Alex is in North Lake. He's been waiting for a while. I think he's talking about the facilities. How are you, Alex? Yeah, good day, guys. I was just ringing to say that uh, West Coast Eagle have got two full-size ovals. One oval is the exact same dimensions as the MCG. They can do their match based on the MCG. The, the other thing I was going to say is uh, in rep play, it'll be interesting to see what um, the change in the rep law by Laura Kane in allowing the, the, the Ratman to have a straight arm block on their opponent. That'll favour Max Gorn and Cody Mancurvis in, in rep play. Yeah, it's a good point, Alex. And um, that's been communicated and, the, and Tim was in on the meeting yesterday. So do you think it's going to be dramatic, Wisp? We're going to be watching games early this year and go, oh, have a look at this. Well, there's a difference in it. And those, those Ruckmen that are really good at the craft and use that as part of their craft and get that separation between them and their opponent in a Ruck duel, I, I think it's going to advantage them significantly. And Max is one of the best at doing that. You're only allowed to have a stiff arm, though. It's not allowed to be bent. You're, do, um, you're doing it with your fist. Well, as well, I shouldn't have done it with my fist, oh, okay. but you got you okay. can like and he. So you can palm off, but you just got to have a straight arm. That's right. You got to have a straight arm, yeah. and he's very good at being able to position that in the chest of the opposition. And that Ruckman. used to be a free kick against for p- pushing him off the line. That's of the right. No longer is that a free kick, and that was that was one of my great gripes watching the game because I've always believed that that was the art of ruck work, being mm-hmm. able to do that and position yourself in the right way and get that separation get that clean space and then be able to tap the ball. And Max has been great at being able Mm. to do that. And the great Ruckman over the history of the game have been great at being able to do that too. I mean, Sam Newman used to turn up at our training. He was our Rucks coach and he used to teach that to Simon Madden and the other Ruckman. He did indeed. It was a great part of their arsenal. And then and now it'll be about knocking that arm. You know, the skill then is how do you overcome that Max Gorns of the world? Well, then you've got to get that out of the road before you go and do your own Ruck work. But don't you think it's great that, you know, there's got to be craft and skill that's associated with every position that you play. And yep. they are part of the tools of being a great ruckman. 100%. And I thought that they were taken away from the ruckman. 100%. Uh, these are the conversation starters for the drain man. Drain relining is the no dig. What's that? Drain relining is the no dig. Oh, no dig, no drama way to rehabilitate your assets. The drain man. Okay, eight and ten people now have been reported as being injured in that uh, shooting over in Kansas. So... That is no good whispers, but uh, let's just take a break and lighten up a little bit and get your summer wine drinking sorted out. Uh, He looks like he's had a couple over the summer, doesn't he? (laughs) He joins us on the other side, Georgie Samuel. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. The award-winning Ponting Wines bring to you the wonderful world of wine. It's been a big summer, Wisp. It's been a big summer out there. I'd like to have people's recommendations. They may have discovered something over the summer months that's tickled their fancy. Yes, Uh, I have. 0433981116 or give us a call, 1300. What's that number? 736736 and talk to Georgie Samios, the most authoritative voice in wine in this country, and he's back for another year. Georgie boy, welcome. Good morning. Good to be back. Oh, gee, good, good to see you, George. So good to see you, given that we thought we'd lost you there for a while. Oh, no. Still hanging in. Just, uh, just you okay? came back from the overseas trip. I think you might have gone a bit hard, Wisp. Yeah, no. What happened to you? Oh, I got a little bit crook on the way home, but all good now. All good now. Ready to go. How crook did you get? Oh, pretty crook. How crook's pretty crook? (laughs) I ended up in hospital. Priest. (laughs) (laughs) No, the priest didn't turn up, but I ended up in hospital for a 
couple of days. And uh, no, it was all good. Just picked up a bug in the US after having dinner with Gaz and then uh, and went downhill all the way home. So How did that get, was it oh, downhill? I don't know. It is downhill all the way home from America. No, it's not. There's a couple of uh, bounces there somewhere. But the, the dinner, how'd that go over there in New York? Brilliant. You know, I know you warned me when we had lunch before I went to take a book because Gaz is hard to get conversation out of. Yeah. It was nothing, nothing like that. Like that. Great it. night. Shared plates. I, I did get there a little bit late. It was shared plates. Uh, we had the best table in the uh, restaurant, Chinese Tuxedo, if anyone's going to New York, owned by an Aussie guy. They all knew Gaz. Gaz was did the man. They? Oh, Gaz was the man at the table. He got the booking. I tell you, this is, um, he's an Aussie the, the develop, he's, they're developing a new place, yep. which sounds unbelievable. An Aussie, big Aussie bar, Aussie pub down on the waterfront down the, in the, the uh, financial district. Okay. So let's just throw it out there. What would you put, if you were building a Aussie bar in New York, this is to our audience, yep. what would you have in the Aussie bar in New York? Oh, I know. Oh, four double three nine. What sort of memorabilia <laughs> might you put in there? I think he's going to have VB on tap. <laughs> he's going to have VB on tap. The only bar in New York with VB on tap. So, and uh, you also went to San Francisco before you got to us and checking out the wine scene over there. Tax, yeah. tax deductible. Yeah, uh, yeah. Spent a few days <laughs> in the Napa. Uh, haven't been there for a few years since before COVID. So it was good to go back there and a good time of year to be there actually. So. Visit a few of the wineries there. It was good to see what they're Is that a beautiful part of the world to visit? The uh, amazing. Amazing. Uh, accommodation is beautiful. Some amazing wineries, good restaurants. And there's so many to visit. You know, I didn't get, I probably went to 20 over three or four days. And there's so many there to visit. So warm climate. So we're talking what, white wine mainly? Uh, Cabernet. Cabernet's their strong suit. And, and probably some of the best Cabernet in the world. In fact, I think the Cabernet vineyards there are the most expensive vineyards in the world to buy. Uh, but they make great other things. Chardonnay, probably not my style yet. They probably still use a little bit too much oak. Uh, Zinfandel's still around. Merlot's big. Um, so it's a wonderful area, but Cabernet's its strong Okay, suit. so if people were wanted to try some California wine, have you got one or two that they might be able to access if they go into their local bottle Uh It's hard to find in here in Australia. The taxation kills them and the, exchange rate, and the exchange rate mm. kills them at the moment. Oh. Probably what you'll find in the stores are things like uh, Kendall Jackson, Robert Mondavi, great wines, but the best wines from over there um, – you're probably not going to see them here. You've probably got to go over there. But what did amaze me being in America, Gaz, and the night we were having dinner was a classic, that most of the restaurants over there don't have big US wine lists anymore. They're dominated by French and Italian. So I actually struggled to find restaurants that, right? that, that had a massive US wine list because I obviously wanted to try the wines. What, why is that? I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, complacency of what they've got and they're still focusing too much on the old world wines. I don't know. <laughs> well, they put a tab... I tell you, mate, whoever gave that nomination, you, that is magnificent. Yeah. If they can get a TAB yeah. into that bar down on the waterfront in New York, they'll be on to a They'll winner. go gangbusters at Will over there. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, Georgie, lots of people texting already. Um, I want to ask George a question about rosé because um, I've, oh, I've, started, I, I've started to drink rosé. I think it's a great summer wine. You're I, late to the party. I've Everyone's very, been doing it for a couple of years. I know. Very, very late to the party. I yep. acknowledge that. And um, the, the, Gilles, who used to make our Fiano, yep. he, he puts out a rosé too, which I hadn't tried before. And you can find it at Maison Lapalus, which is uh, L-A-P-A-L-U-S and Batron. That's the brand. Um, he makes a great rosé, a great rosé. But there are so many different rosés around at the moment, like the Australian rosé, obviously the French. The Italian has – it's not rosé, but they have an equivalent. Yep. 
And, Rosato. Yep, and the Spanish as well. What's yeah. their equivalent? Uh, rosé, I think they call this. They call this rosé. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Trying to be a wine wanker. Uh, he's been pulled well, up. I don't know. I actually yeah. asked the question because I don't know the answer to the question. Why so, is this trend? Like, you, you, we're late. Tim's late to the party, so rosés. Do they go through trends? Because everywhere I went over summer down there, people want to drink rosé. Yeah, there are trends. Probably the last biggest trend was Sauvignon Blanc, which was from New Zealand. And then yeah. rosé, the advantage with rosé is you can make it out of any grape variety. I think the reason why it's been successful um, is it's chilled. It looks good. It's mm. easy to pronounce. It's refreshing. It's relatively inexpensive. So you can buy a decent bottle for less than 20 bucks. Good um, and it suits our food, where our food's going. Our food's going lighter and healthier and, yeah, and yeah. fresh. And, you know, back in the old days, it was all saucy and heavy. And so I think it's, it's – but it's global. Everywhere in the world, rosé is a phenomenon. And to go back to your original point – there's rosés and there's rosés. There's a million of them. There's dry, there's sweeter, there's some that are fermented on skins like the one that you had. Um, and the trick is to find a repertoire of the ones you like. What's your go to? Rosé. Well, the one I just spoke about. Gilles one. The, the Gilles one, yeah. Yeah, Which and, is... and his is a little bit out there because his is... Um, He's a funky winemaker. Yeah, he is a funky winemaker oh. and that's why you had him. And, and without getting too technical, he makes it out of... Uh, red varieties, but he ferments the wine on white skins. And so it adds some texture to the wine. Um, so it is quite technical. And Gary, you'd like it too, because there's All a right. lot of, no, because a lot of the rosés are, some of the better rosés are Grenache. Yeah, well, I don't like to muck around with my Grenache. I know, Ronnie's in Romsey, he likes to muck around. Good morning, Ronnie. I reckon the rosé is really good now, I'm drinking it all the time now. Good but on you, uh, Ronnie. What do you want to talk to ja- George about though? Yeah, Georgie, that uh, new restaurant that fellas are uh, doing over in America, I yeah. reckon you should serve the old, back in the old, in the early 70s, we used to go to the pubs down at Preston and that, and we used to get curried sausages. And I reckon the old curried sausages, you know, would be uh, yeah. would be the old top over there, mate. You know what I mean? Spot on, Ronnie. Yeah. Right, we're going to pass that on to our man over there. Yeah, curried sausages with the VB, be perfect. Yeah, the Chinese <laughs> Tuskedo and have some lightly poached lobster and a, <laughs> and a nice saute and then wander in for a curried snack. <laughs> um, was, spent some time in the Western, this is from one of our Texas, Western District and Grampians, Grenache from Story Wines. Haven't tried it. All right. No. What about this? Write that one down. What about yep. uh, Chronic Creek Cabernet from the Brossa Valley? Uh, no, I haven't tried that one either. I mean, I'm going to the Brossa tomorrow, actually. I'll pick one up. Right. What yeah. about this? Um, somebody wants a recommendation for a good buttery Chardonnay. Uh, yeah, they're, they're a dying breed. St. Hubert's from the Yarra Valley's got one that's still got some richness and roundness. Uh, and then the US ones are the butteriness. So if you can go to a store and find something like a Robert Mondavi Chardonnay, they're pretty buttery because they still use a lot of oak, buttery. which is not really my style of Chardonnay anymore. Right. Write that down. Well, I recently went to Rutherglen and discovered Sion Wines, S-C-I-O-N. Yeah, no, someone else has mentioned them to me, and I haven't been to Rutherglen for a while. I'm due to do a trip. Uh, and when I'm up there, I always traditionally visit the old school families, but I should go check out the new guys. When were you last in a restaurant? Having a meal. Uh, last time in a restaurant was last Friday night. I went to Paper Plates in Bridge Road in Richmond. Have you noticed this trend? And Gary and I did because uh, Gary's been very keen to 
dine with me over oh. over the break because we now live in a Thank similar you. area. Really? He rings me every day. Well, let's go out for breakfast. Have you, have you franchised yourself let's go yet? For, not oh, yet. That's right. You needed the <laughs> franchise. <laughs> yeah, well, I sent him a text to catch up, but I've got an automated response. We'll get back to you in two <laughs> no, weeks. He's, he's in demand well, well, we was talking about this at the lunch and then post the lunch, and, and that well, I won't mention the name of the restaurant, but how keen they were to push wine at us while we were eating. Like, mm-hmm. have you noticed that that there's this sort of Bigger push now from restaurants maybe to be selling up on their wines during a meal or not? Uh, I haven't really noticed it, but I think it's always a focus because it is a it adds to the experience clearly, but it also adds to the ticket price. So restaurants, you know, they're struggling like lots of businesses at the moment. Costs are going through the roof. So selling an extra glass of wine makes a big difference to a restaurant. We could not believe how hard they were pushing. Well, this is another quick... So Georgie is is not only a wine expert, but he used to have his own restaurant. So we're going to talk a lot about restaurants and food and dining out and etiquette. Mm. My... I needed some advice from you. Should, if you're going to one of these lardy dark expensive type restaurants, if the people you're dining with, as a as a present, are going to pick the bill up, should they tell you before you start eating or after you've finished? Uh, after. Why do you do it the other way? Well, the wish very kindly for uh, the engagement picked up the bill after. Had I known that before, <laughs> I would have gone much harder. You would have loaded up, yeah. No, I think after's the right. Every time. Surprise every... and delight at the end. <laughs> what about this? This is uh, Johnny. Says, oh, beyond. Uh, Johnny's getting married at Tedesca next weekend. Oh, it's oh, a great 95 restaurant. 95 Grange. Should I take it? Yes, absolutely. Take it, Johnny, and enjoy it. Georgie, be back after the break. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Extraordinary response to the wine segment. A lot of people having wine over the summer months, which is great. We've only got a minute and a half. Aaron's in Bendigo. He's got a quick call for a question for Georgie. G'day, Azza. Yeah, morning, fellas. How's it going? Good, thanks. Um, just a quick one. Uh, George, I've just moved up to Bendigo to run one of the car yards up there, and I want to know what wineries... I should be going to up here. Well, it's opportune you ask because we've also got uh, someone who's getting married in Bendigo, Liam, who wants to know the best wineries there. Uh, best winery in that area, Sutton Grange, just outside of Bendigo, the old, old horse paddocks. Uh, Peter Sidwell runs that. Uh, amazing Syrah, Shiraz and Ooh. Fiano's pretty decent as well and they make a damn good rosé. I think Gills actually was the guy that set it up, the winemaker, but... They've had subsequent great winemakers there. So Sutton Grange is the one to go check out. What's our recommendation for the week? First of the year, Georgie? A little cheeky $15 Shiraz from McLaurinvale called Gem Tree Dragon's Blood. What? It's an organic biodynamic wine. Beautiful. You'll get it for 15 to 20 bucks. Whereabouts? Everywhere? Uh, Everywhere. Good to see you, my friend. You look fit and healthy. We'll talk uh, restaurants, wines, food, eating out, dining, all throughout the course of the year, every Thursday with Georgie Samios. Open lines up after eight wisps. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Questions without notice? Right now, we're going to jump into it because we've got the dog coming in. We've got the, the Greyhound, SN Greyhound Eternal King, and lucky listeners will get the chance to share in the booty. So if Eternal King's any no good, whispers, if Eternal King's any good, and it will be, I'm told. How does this work? 
What do you mean? How's it work? Well, the dog sharing runs the around booty. the track chasing the. Well, we'll nominate. I know. Fire. <laughs> I know how the greyhounds work. <laughs> how does it work? I know what the greyhound track is, but how does the booty this work? Rabbit runs around and the dog jumps out. Well, and people it. know that they want to know how the booty we'll works. We'll get five weekly winners. They'll own a share of Eternal King for a week. Right. So right. if it runs and wins and wins, hundred thousand, they get ten percent of that. They'll get a share. Is it ten percent? No, no, I wouldn't go into. I wouldn't. I lock, thought we were talking I about percentage. lock in percentages <laughs> just thought, yet. I thought we did the other day when we were talking about this. The trainer gets his whack, and then the owners. The, for the owners for the week, get the rest of it. Well, the trainer gets a bigger whack if the dog doesn't win, that's for sure. Following week, we get another five winners. You don't own the dog forever. You, no, get, it, no. you get it for a week. And right. you hope like hell it runs and you hope like hell it wins. And then we'll pick another five best techs. That's right. You hope like hell that a storm doesn't blow through like it did the other day. And it was a the red whole hot, race meeting got cancelled. It was a red-hot favourite. That's our, um, What time's Doggy coming in? He's coming in out of bait. 8.40. You want to put down some mats just in case? <laughs> I know. You're the dog man around here, so I'm interested to see you. Oh, four, oh, sorry, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 It's our first week. We like to talk to you, so give us a call, whatever you want. Questions, if you've got a question without notice for the Wisp, there's been a touch of ornery this morning, which I've quite, no, no, no. I've quite enjoyed. It. <laughs> does, it, does a greyhound, do they have to wear, is it? Muzzle. They have to wear a muzzle, don't they? When they chat, when they run. No, no. When they're here, does he have to wear a muzzle? No. Or they're, we, they're beautiful dogs. Well, that's good, because docile. I was worried about how we're going to talk to him if he's got a muzzle on. I used to walk the dogs with my pop. Did you? you? My pop used to walk about 15 dogs at a time. That's right? illegal. He's, it, what do you mean? You can't. You're not allowed to wear, you, I don't think you're allowed to walk more than three dogs now. This was like 40 years ago. We, and they, we had a great dog called Sweet Alice. I think it won a Melbourne Cup. Really? I have to check on that. I know it was a great dog. Sweet Alice was its name. They might, they That's a, a great name for a greyhound too, Sweet Alice. Let me know at some stage. Right, you got a question or not? Uh, yes, I do. What? Are you happy with the new Melbourne oh, uh, mm. Moomba Monarchs, uh, the Wiggle, Emma Watkins and Pete Hellyer? Yes. Were you the Monarch? <laughs> no, you weren't. No. Um, yeah, well, Pete Hellyer's a funny fellow. He's a good fellow. And who's the other one? Emma. Emma the Wiggle. And, and Emma the Wiggle, yeah. What about right. Peter Dacos has joined Sunrise on Channel 7 as a special football insider commentator uh, later in the week. You happy with that? I see Neil Mitchell's turning up on Sunrise as long as, as well. he brings Nick and Josh with him. Um, no, he's, uh, we had a, I Pete, love Dakes. He had a great year last year, Pete. He we was, haven't heard enough from he Pete. He was everywhere during the finals. Yeah, I know, but that's because he's the father of the two boys. But in his own right, he was a very, very good, thoughtful commentator too. What I wanted to, uh, what I want, yes, he was. What I wanted to ask you, <laughs> you was could have a, given that the thumbs up. <laughs> I did. Was there a story out of last year's footy season that you go right before we get underway again this year? Mm. I just want to back over this because I don't think we quite thought this through enough last year. Is there one yep. those that you want? Yeah, there is. Isn't I there? reckon there's one that got lost a little bit, and it was on your show, but it was during the finals, and I, I think it was post. Did you do a post grand final? Yes, program? one. Yeah. That's the one I'm talking about. Okay, so you put up a list there, and I was thinking about this the other day, mm-hmm. and you had the top five rated finals players since champ- champion data began, yeah. right? So you had one Dusty, two Swanee, mm-hmm. four Adam Goods, mm-hmm. five Surioli. Good company. And three. I know who you're going to say. And three was Jack Crisp. And Well done, you. That is a, that's exactly what I was talking about. That, to, I... I I nearly jumped out of my Jason recliner rocker when I saw enough. that. That didn't get enough. Uh, not not at all. Not at all. And you know, you sort of you think, okay, well, you know, players get their reputations on the back of great performances in big games, but I don't know that he's actually got his just desserts even on the performances. And that nearly he's won a Norm Smith. 
it, yeah, he's, an, he's another fine performer in this year's grand that, final. That, that's exactly when I was thinking about this topic. I was thinking, yeah, before we launch, let's just back over this and go, okay, give Jack Crisp his dues. Yes. How many times do we talk about Collingwood and have spoken about Collingwood, say, in the last two oh. years? And we've talked about well done, Darcy you. Moore and we've well talked done. about Pendles and we've talked about Sidebottom and we've talked about the Dacosses and we've talked about everybody else, but he hardly ever gets a mention. Great effort. If you've got one of those... I'd like I'd like to hear about it because I think that's. Have really you got one? Yeah, well, Matthias Philippou, he was the youngest player mm. in the comp last year. He's the youngest player taken in the draft, right? Mm. We all got to you know, nurse these players. We've got to manage them. We've got to you know get them through here. Don't overload them. He played every single game, including a final. Unbelievable performance. Every single game, and he's the youngest player. He's still eighteen when preseason started. The, yeah. the next preseason. You know what? He's going to be a fine, fine player. If you watched him play last year, I know you did. Yeah. He, 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 there were many, many times, and he'll learn this, and he may even display it this year. He could have taken the game on a little bit more, but he was reluctant to, and he would give the ball off. I, his next part of development is to recognize what's around him yeah. well, and then just take it on and explode or do something a little bit more. He was just very quick on giving the ball off. And you can understand that playing in that team and, you know, maybe under that t- type of coaching. But this, I, I hope Ross just allows this kid a little bit more of a, a rope so that he can display, I think, what he's capable of being able to produce. Ross loves him. I bet he does. Well, he played we him every week. Him. He played him every week. Every The youngest player in the comp Every no, single a, game. It's a great point. It's a great, great point from so you. Give us, thank you. Give us uh, one of those stories that you just want to put on the agenda before we launch into a brand new season with brand new storylines and just sit back and go, this is one off the temper text, which is good. Walsh's finals won the Gary Ayres medal and didn't even play in the grand final. Great point. That's why I've got Sam Walsh in my top five players. That is a great point. And this has come through from Greg too. Gary, I think you're right about Sweet Alice. I had the trophy when Unc passed away and Graham now has it. So well, that that's must my be... cousin. Is that Greg, Greg your cousin? Yeah. There you go. Well, I'll get confirmation about Sweet Alice, the magnificent uh, greyhound of yesteryear. Hey, Johnny and Gold Coast on the Gold Coast. Uh, surely Jimmy Bartell is ahead of Jack Chris. Well, not according to the champion data. This, these are the champion yeah, data stats, not, okay? Not, this, is not just the, this is not just the eye test. This is the champion data. Yeah. And you can argue the can, toss you, with the way that they break it All down. All lists but, are there to be argued. But if you, if you, can, you can argue the toss, but you can argue with the other four players that are in the top five. Not at all. Not at all, Whispers. Um, well done. Very good. T- oh, I put that topic. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's impressed. Then, go, Michael. Yeah, hey, boys. How are we? Pretty good. Um, Jack Ginnivan at Collingwood Strait. Was it a bit funny or not a problem or like? Also, I'm not going to be happy about him doing that, or it doesn't matter. No, no, I don't think there were any races on yesterday, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you Obviously saying that? Oh, sorry, you were saying that Jack was at Collingwood. He was, yeah, he was there watching oh, it. Well, no. he would have all his mates would still be Collingwood Yeah, I think players. it's great, Mick. I reckon it'd be great. The wor- what's the worst thing that he gets I mean, more intel on the players that he's played with? He can go back to Sam Mitchell and say, "Yeah, oh, I noticed this. I saw that," and or he might have just been to catch up with mates. He was just lying on the grass. On the outer there, just watching the practice game. 38 degrees, he had a beanie on his head. (laughs) (laughs) He's different though, isn't he? You got another one? Um, Can I just just quickly on Jack Ginevan? Yeah, what can can Hawthorne fans expect from Jack Ginevan? Excitement. I said this yesterday or two days ago. I can't remember when it is. This is a young Did I miss this? Where'd you say this? You probably weren't listening. (laughs) 
when you're coming from a low lower base yeah. and you've got a heap of young players because they've gone back to the draft, you need introverts, Tim. Uh, extroverts. You need you people do, yeah. who... And from all reports, he's gone in really humbly. That's what I, I listened to an interview where they said, oh, I thought he was going to come in and bounce off the wall, but he's been humble. But he's got he's got a bit about him. And when the game starts, he'll you know start to annoy and get in the face. And while all that attention may go on to him and he attracts the attention and he seems to love it, all those other young blokes will just be going about their business. So I think he's a good pickup. I like it. I'm going up to uh, the Gold Coast uh, later today to mm-hmm. interview uh, Damien Hardwick. Yes. What answer to what question would you like to hear? Or what question? Damien, did you have a deal done with the Gold Coast Suns before you left Richmond? No, he didn't. I've already heard him answer that question. No, no I, I want you to ask him. <laughs> and I, want, I don't want you. Oh, no, that's... As John from Epping said, I want you to go, if he's, go again. You know, he'll give you an answer. And then you, your ability, because you're a very good interviewer, you're going, well, okay, well, let me take it around here, see if I can get, you know, let me go down that path. Do you think that he's going to publicly state, even if it was true, that he spoke to the Gold Coast Suns while he was still coaching? Richmond? Okay. Did it cross your mind <laughs> that there was a possibility of a Gold Coast Suns opening if you were to leave Richmond? That's the better question. That is a better question. Thank you. That is a better question. Um, I heard, because we were at dinner with them the other night, the Gold Coast Suns, oh. and Evo got up and yeah, spoke about, about this, this and the dinner. approach and the approach to him and the way you know, they went about it. You know, they hopped on that plane to go to Milan to catch up with him. He said, yes, he'd sit down and have a chat to them. So they had no idea whether or not he was going to say yes or no. Yeah. So they were going to just get there, do their sales pitch, and see whether or not he was interested and uh, Evo or, said, yeah, go on. or they were just going to end up back in Rome tossing a coin in the Trevi Fountain and then coming back again without a signature or without an indication whether he was interested. Or were they just ticking the boxes? No, but he's... Now look, we he's, didn't have, there's no way he committed. We had to fly to Europe to secure the sign. Are you, are you sceptical? I'm playing devil. I'm playing the DA. <laughs> I'm the DA, whispers. Devil's advocate. Anyway... <laughs> I think it was pretty early into the conversation that uh, – very early in the conversation that they had with him at the time that uh, he started to show some real interest. Oh, you, know, you, I would like you to – I'll be – I watch all of your stuff. I know you do. I'll be watching this one very, very carefully. Can I also say that when I do these interviews, mm-hmm. I've sort of got you sitting on my shoulder because <laughs> I think all the way through it, what would Gary be asking – what would Gary be asking? In fact, <laughs> what I might do yeah. is I might just text you Hook around that time and say, Hook me up. I am now sitting here, with, on the audio. <laughs> here with him. <laughs> You're on loudspeaker, Gary, at any stage. <laughs> if you think I haven't asked the right question, you can join in. What about the mass exodus at St Kilda after Ross Lyon arrived? Has that story flown under the radar? I don't think so. What do you mean? It hasn't flown under the radar? I don't radar? think it's, it's flown under the radar. Like, well, I think everybody was talking about that. Oh, okay. All right, let's take a break. Um, we'll come back. More questions without notice. The dog's going. Are you going to interview the dog? Uh, I hope to. <laughs> I see I how good an interview you are. <laughs> That's still to come. Your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Questions without notice. The Cooler Bar Turf. Victoria's award-winning grower and supplier of premium instant turf and lawn for life. Get involved on the temper text, 0433 There's plenty of those. And one 736 736 You can give us a call 
Uh, tragically, one dead, nine injured in that shooting um, in Missouri uh, after the Kansas City. It must have been the parade, was it? It was the parade, parade. yeah, the Super Bowl parade, yeah. Yeah, and um, Patrick Mahomes tweeting that his thoughts are obviously with everyone there. So what a tragic end to a, a huge celebration. Um, are you excited about the season yet or not? Yes. Maybe I'm more excited now because we had um, our day yesterday and uh, the talk was so positive about all the things that are going around, around football now and how healthy the game is and uh, how all the games or so many games have already been sold out in those two, in the first round of football or O-round or whatever it's called. Uh, opening round. Opening round. Round zero. Zero round, whatever. Um, memberships are up in, in those states as well. All the teams up there in the northern states in Queensland and New South Wales. And, and you looked at, you know, last year was an exciting AFL season. There's, there's, an evenness that's developed around the competition yeah. now. Yeah, that is true. And, you know, like, I, I was looking at the ladder this morning about those teams that missed the finals, you know, last year, the Dogs and the Crows and Essendon and the Cats and the Tigers and the Frio and the Suns could bounce up into the top eight, I think, under Hardwick in their first season as well. I mean, there is a lot to get excited about if you're a fan of any of the AFL clubs. Even you look below that. I mean, Hawthorne won seven games last year. But they did that in a fashion that, as a Hawthorne fan, you'd be thinking, I'm on board here because I want to be part of what I'm seeing actually building yep. here as well. And, you know, the Roos are building again. I mean, I don't know how many more wins that they'll make. I mean, they're going to do better than three for sure. Mm. They've got a really exciting, young, talented group of players. The Eagles, you know, on the bottom of the ladder with three wins too, and they've probably got a little bit more pain ahead of them. But you look at the ladder and you think, well, you could mount a case for every one of those teams – and the fact that there's a lot of positivity if you're one of the fans of those teams following them this year. You would say that only, I'm sure this has all been discussed, n- North, this is respectfully, North West Coast and Hawthorne, yeah, probably Hawthorne, are the only three that you'd put a line through in terms of the top eight. Could Hawthorne jump in there? Right. That, they would be the only three. That's why they're so excited, the AFL. It's been a long time since we've had yeah. a competition where you can legitimately say... 15 of the 18 can make the eight. Mm. And the excitement also around the way the game was played. I mean, scoring was up again last year. There's been a real speed emphasis on, on speed, speed on and movement of ball. And the game has opened up a lot. And I think there's just, I think, I think we're just about to enter a era of the game. I that love it. Is going to be maybe looked upon as one of the great eras of AFL football that's it. been played. I've got another one of the untold stories that just needs an airing before. We might do these before the season starts and keep bringing another them up. One? I've got another one. Aaron Cadman. Yes. He, this time last year he was the number one pick. Or was he number one pick? Yeah, yeah. he was a pick. Yeah. Big centre-half forward, enormous potential. And then, I don't know, Brooks, he reckons that he copped a bit. I don't, I'm not on social media, so I don't know, follow it, but that he was – criticised or the Giants were criticised because he didn't play as many games as, you know, my number one. Jamara Eugle-Hagan. Aaron Cadman, Jamara Eugle-Hagan. Give him time. Give this kid another year. Yeah, he'll play more games of footy this year. Mm. What a what a weapon to have in the back, little in the back pocket for a team who were a, a kick away from a grand final. How good is that? Mm. Aaron Cadman. You've got to have a bit of patience with those type of kids if you take them early, The big boys, you, you do. Yeah. But that's my point is that it's, it's not, oh, Aaron Cadman's a bust and he's not going to play. Mm. Aaron Cadman's had a year of senior uh, – uh, well, he will have had two big pre-seasons, mm. a taste of senior footy. The learning curve's steep is steep, 
But if he's as good as what we are told, what a what a great thing to have to look forward to if you're a Giant supporter. Well, you could throw in there Logan McDonald as well. Yeah, well, he's been in the system a bit longer, for sure. And but we're still waiting for him. Like, well, now, no, buddy. No, so that's right. He's going to have a lot more emphasis on him and a lot more ability to be able to develop in that forward line. Now's the time. Uh, riding off Hawthorne already, Gary. Um, well, I did that respectfully with a question mark. I, I can't see him. They're one of the only three that I can't see, but I love the Hawks. And um, if Sam Mitchell can get them going, the scoring, well, they've added some scoring power. They've brought back Gunston and they've got Marbia Chole, they've got Ginnivan, yeah. they've got Nick Watson, the really talented kid, so they should be more offensively. Yeah. You can see what they're trying to do, That would be a big surprise for me. You can see what they're wanting to do. Yes. In the way they play. Yes. I mean, yes. they're building it. They've got, a, they've got a drafting philosophy. They've got a playing philosophy. They're all aligned. You can see what they're trying to do, and they're going to play an exciting brand of football. True. Are you satisfied with this from Travis Kelsey, who um, was involved in a bit of a, a yeah, an incident before halftime? And this is what he had to say. Yeah, you, I, you went, you went, you crossed the line. I think we can I, both I, agree I, on I that. Can't, I can't, I can't get that fired up to the point where I'm bumping coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff. When he, when he stumbled, I was just like, oh shit, in my head. Or I, even, like, I mean, even, it. I mean, let's be honest, the, the yelling in his face too is over the top. I think there's better ways to handle this retrospectively. Yeah. I uh, I know I'm 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 a passionate guy. I love Coach Reed. Coach Reed knows how much I love to play for him. How much I love to be, you know, a product of his coaching career. I'm not playing for anybody else but Big Red. So that's Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. with his brother on the New Heights podcast. Jason, um, yeah, I know you weren't too fired up about. It. I didn't like it. No one. I don't think anyone. No, it didn't really look liked great. It. it didn't look great. But I love the way that they both ha- like. I love the way that Andy Reid handled it on behalf of his player as well post game, mm. and even at the time, like it, 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 it rattled him physically because he did get pushed off balance. Yeah, but it didn't rattle him for the rest of the game. Mm. No, it, it could have been a lot worse, couldn't it? They got away with it. They've got. I think they've got away with it because they won. They got away with it because you know he didn't. If knock, Michael knock Chris- him to the ground. If Michael or... Christian had have assessed that for the um... low impact, <laughs> how many weeks low. would Travis have been given? Get a, a fine, low impact, no miss, no games. A fine for Travis of if you want to do it, you know, commensurate with what we earn, one point three million. <laughs> <laughs> you and I talk about the relationships that um, you know, the coaching and all that sort of stuff. And I saw I saw something yesterday, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, because I was at uh, at Richmond interviewing Adam Uzo, and, and post the interview, um, Liam Baker came in. Yep, and he was heading off to to, to WA, mm-hmm. and he came in, and you know we know the coach has only been there five minutes. He came in to say goodbye to the coach because he was going to WA for a few days, and obviously had to get to the airport. Mm-hmm. And I was just there, and I witnessed this moment where he comes in, mm-hmm. you know, big smile on his face. He's a lovely young bloke too, by the way. Yeah, he comes in, and they hugged like they embr- yeah. like a warm. Hug, embrace like mates, and I'm thinking, I can't, I can't, I can't is this kind of? It was like, is that the modern relationship that the coach yeah. has with the players? And it was like two mates just talking, having a laugh, wishing each other all the best, yeah. and moving on. And I thought, that's it. It was, it was a really nice thing to actually see. Beautiful. And he's only been there five minutes, Adam Uzo. So obviously, he's quickly developed a relationship with at least one player. You a hugger? Um, no, not really. No, I know you are. You've sort of become that modern day. Yeah, I'm a hugger. Well, you haven't always been. No, but I've warmed. You don't hug me. Well, not every day. 
Uh, Rick from Moody Pond says the saturation AFL is ridiculous. Could you discuss something else? Well, Rick, this is our third day back. Everything is done. The cricket's over. The Super Bowl. And by the way, no one covers a greater variety of sport than SEN. Uh, the cricket, the Super Bowl, the Australian Open tennis, the A-League, mm. the uh, Premier League yeah. is all covered on this station. We're on our third day back. We're launching into footy season unapologetically. We had Matt Denny on yesterday talking about discus. No, and we're about to interview a greyhound. So how what do, more do you want? What more do you want, Rick? A big day today. Big day today. Brian from Chelsea Heights has joined us before we move on to some other stuff. G'day there, Bryzer. Good day, fellas. It's good to have you back. Good on you, mate. Good to hear your voice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, I've, I've, I've been an SEN fan since uh, since you started. So, Good on you, mate. Uh, I'm the fellow that rang you that after the heart surgery and told Timmy uh, Watson to get his act together after he complained about his knee. That's right. I remember you well, Brian. <laughs> Good on you, Brian. Glad you did that. <laughs> what do, what do you... yeah, anyway, the reason I rang, fellas, yeah. is uh, I, I, when did Ross Lyons suddenly become a super coach? When he took over St Kilda, they had seven first-round draft picks. When he left, they were on their knees. He took over three men and made grand finals. When he left, they were on their knees. And the bloke that he sacked, that there was sacked, that he placed, actually won a, a final. You're not a fan, Brian? Hello? You're not a fan of uh, Rossi's? No, I'm not. I don't rate it. I, I think he's an opportunist. I don't think he's a builder. He's never built anything in his life. Oh. When he took over to Kilda, they had seven first draft draft round picks. Grant Thomas had made the finals, and he took St Kilda from a, a nearly winning a premiership to being on their knees when he left. And Fremantle was exactly the same. He didn't take over from Tomo though, did he? There was a coach, Scotty Waters was the coach in between the two of them, wasn't he? Oh, that could be that. I can't remember. No, he okay. took over I from Grant. I thought he, I thought Grant Thomas was sacked. Oh, no, no Scotty no, Waters was after no, Ross no, Lyon. He yeah. took after Grant. No, hey, Brian, I, I know, and that we love you, and we love that everyone's got different opinions. I think that's a bit harsh. I mean, he squeezes the lemon dry. He, he takes the absolute, takes them to the end there and, and got them into grand finals and drew a grand final, got Fremantle into a grand final. And, yeah, I know you talk about the, the list and the first-round draft picks and all that, but then getting them and bringing them together and getting them to the stage where you've yeah, drawn in a grand final – I think St Kilda fans would much rather be competing than not, but that's that's absolutely fine. Not everyone's going to agree with that, and you're not a fan, so he's got to he's got to turn you around this yep. year, Bryzer. Thanks for giving us a call. Hey, just quickly, Brian, how's the ticker? How's the heart going now? Oh, it's it's fine, thanks, mate. I meant to tell you, I not only had thirteen heart surgeries, uh, I had I was stabbed seventeen times. Jeez, you were stabbed seventeen times? Yes, I was a cleaner. He came across a burglar. And he uh, stabbed me seven. We fought in the building, and, I, and he yeah. stabbed me seven or eight times. And I was uh, in intensive care for ten days, so I've done my laps. Oh, you have. That's a horrific experience for you, Brian. Good on you, you keep bringing us though. See you, fellas. Good, Good on you, mate. And someone's had a crack at me for not mentioning that the Vicks made a hundred. Uh, the Vicks made three. Well, you said that the hundred ninety-six. It was Tom Rogers. We've already done this. You haven't been listening. Early. Tommy Rogers, hundred ninety-six off hundred and forty-two with fifteen sixes, made three hundred and eleven. And yes, New Zealand versus Australia is going to be a great test series coming up, and it'll be covered again right here on SEN. Is that a dog I saw arrive there a moment that ago? That is the dog. Our dog. You're about to interview. No, about... no muzzle. There's no muzzle. We'll be out of interviewing. Here's this, Gaz. Um, is it now or never for Max King? This is from. Cliff. It's now or never. Is he being harshly marked? I know. I've 
certainly been critical of some of his efforts, you know, over the time. He had injuries last year, came back into yeah. the side halfway through the year. He still played through injury, played 10 games, kicked 28 for the year, six against Richmond late in the season. I think he's tracking okay. I think he's going okay. Yeah. I think he's going okay. I can't think of a key position forward in the game who has become a star that this conversation didn't happen about, you know, in terms of except for your good self. Look at you. What? Look at you. What? Why were you, you looking like anything? that? Why were you looking like looking that? Did you, did you explode, did you, onto the scene? No. <laughs> Seven, one game. No. You think about even Tom Hawkins. Can you remember the conversation at one stage? Oh, is Tom Hawkins ever going to yeah. be able to produce what we thought he was going to be John able to produce? John Brown didn't touch the ball in his first game. Yeah, but he was probably an earlier developer. I just like saying that. <laughs> <laughs> there has been very few, apart from you, John Brown, and maybe Nick Revolt, that haven't had an impact early in their careers. Most of the big guys, most of the big forwards take, take time. They do so. take some time and they have to learn the craft and, you know, the game is a little bit more difficult for forwards, although I think it's opened up a, a lot now and it's going to be a lot better for forwards. They make it a lot harder than it is. Uh, and this criticism is justified. I haven't read out the Champions League, so whoever had a crack at me about that, you're right. PSG have taken on, who are they playing with? Where's that? I can't see it on the screen. Real Sociedad. I, yep. thought that was a, I thought that was a misprint. 2-0 up, PSG. And Lazio, Lazio? Lazio. Playing Bayern, Bayern Munich, a 1-0 up as well. Toyota Call of the Year's back. It's your chance to win a 2024 Toyota Hilux GR Sport. Toyota Genuine Service, the best care for your Hilux. You give us a ring if you've got those issues. We'd love to discuss them with you. But right now, we're going to discuss some greyhound racing because SEN, you, the listeners, have got a dog. Its name is Eternal King, and the Wisp is going head-to-head with Eternal King after the break. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Great excitement here in the SEN studio right now. Tim and I are both dog men. We've, we've had dogs... All our lives, Tim's in fact picking up a new pug today as well. But the great excitement oh, is, look at the king. The king. He's coming over to me. The dog, the SEN dog, Eternal King, is in the studio with us. You've won, you, you've look won at, him over. Look, he's, he he's loves bonded you. with me. And he is a, the most beautiful dog, a greyhound, uh, who you can be a part of here at SEN. Andrew Copley's from Greyhound Racing Victoria. He's in the studio with us. Andrew, welcome. Good morning, Gary and Tim. What Good morning, Andrew. Magnificent. This is Tim. You've got to understand what yep. this is like for the king. I right? know. Because he's never been into a studio like this. I, I can't the believe... The bright lights. I the... can't believe how relaxed he is. I know. And can, this... I just, can I just ask him one question? Yeah. Do, 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 I want to know mm-hmm. whether or not he thought your line about Usher was funny the other morning. What did you think about that, king? You're an idiot, Tim. You are an idiot. Andrew, sorry. I apologise for That's that. Okay, now, for next week, we're going to select right, grab. That five... That's supposed to be Muttley laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, queue up Muttley laughing. We'll do it again out of the next break. Um, five weekly winners to own a share of the king and whatever he earns in, when he races that week. That's how it's going to work. That's right, Gaz. Yeah. So uh, where were we going to work it? Uh, five fresh listeners each week getting involved. So 30 new owners across the next six weeks. Pretty yeah, exciting good. stuff. An Eternal King who's trained by Jeff Britton and Angela Langton out of Anarchy, which is down near Geelong. Is that, is that 
Are we happy with that, or do we need to move him up into the? Definitely don't know. That's that's prime greyhound country, Gaz. Yeah, absolutely. Andrea Daly's across the road, and yeah, you got uh, Jeff and Angela who have trained many champions. They trained a former celebrity greyhound named Fred Bassett, who was oh, raced by Hamish and Andy yeah. all those years ago. So they know this stuff. Actually, and, uh, and Hamish and Andy, who they would be thinking that we're following them in. We <laughs> actually raced one as the Morning Glory. He's in the rubbish. What's the king doing? Well, don't rub- let him eat the rubbish. No, no, no. He wants a coffee. He's, he's after the coffee. Kick him out of the rubbish bin. <laughs> he wants a cappuccino. No caffeine for Greyhound. We've we've raced Morning no, no Glory. No caffeine for him. And we also raced. Um, we raced a dog on the footy show as well. Which you idiot. Was, uh, you idiot. Yes. Which was a very successful right. dog. Ended up having a toe amputated. Sam Ward around his neck, <laughs> necklace. Um, f- ten starts for the King. One win, four, four thirds. thirds. That's right. Now, what are, we, what are we? What are we? What are we learning from that? The learning is that uh, look, it, ten starts is about where greyhounds start to hit their straps. If you can think of a young key position player in the AFL world, in fact, I liken him a little bit to Max King. Got all the potential in the world. Ah, just what? a matter nice. of time before he tears the competition apart. So that is King Eternal for us. Should we call him uh, Max? We could call him Max. So. It could be his new name. Or David. He's been out watching training for the last three months. He's got good teeth. <laughs> he's got really good teeth. Um, so he's 21 months of age, only a baby, 10 wins, uh, ten starts for a win and four thirds. Is he because re- he was going to run on Monday, but the, was, it was oh, cancelled. What a disaster! Yeah. He had box one. He was the one dollar forty favourite. Mm. Then we had that wild weather throughout Victoria in the race meeting had to get cancelled. Oh, <laughs> Back in the bin. Well, get Andrew, him Andrew, get him out of there. Get him out of there. <laughs> get him out of there. I tell you what, Gary, he's got good muscle deformation. Have a look at him. I told you. There's that. a nice muscle at the back you there. Didn't what's know that one called? About that. No, what's that one called? I call the it the muscle. box muscle. The box muscle. Because that, that means how quickly they jump out of the box. That's what it is. Hey, Gary, a, I don't know whether you know this, Andrew, or not, but Gary's grandfather actually trained or did he breed, I'm just trying to work did he out, breed them as well or not? He, yeah, he did. We had a lot of training. In Eagle Hawk, my pop. They lived at the front of the house, and up the back was the greyhound boxes. So we had heaps of greyhounds. In Bendigo sweet, country. Bendigo. Yep. Sweet Alice in Eagle Hawk. They were. And you used to walk them as a kid? I used to walk them as a kid, absolutely. How many would you have on a lead at a time? One. And how many would Pop have? About 15. <laughs> <laughs> you walk a whole heap of them. So it, it does go way back. And I just can't believe how calm oh. this beautifully natured it, dog is. It's incredible, Gaz. He, he's a country dog. This is the first trip he's ever had to the city, and... I got here early. I was walking around the streets of South Melbourne with him. He's meeting Labradoodles, Cavoodles, oh, sausage dogs, and he absolutely is he, um, loved it. Is he an entire, the king? He like, is, absolutely. Yeah. Is he what? Is he an entire? Is he, in, is is he intact? Yeah. Yeah. He is. Oh, I he can is. tell. Well, well, can you? Yeah, well, have a look. <laughs> Just I, have a I, look. I can't have a look down there. Is, there. is that unusual for a greyhound to be as calm as he is? It's not too... For a young pup? No, they're all pretty oh. calm. They're, that's their... That, I mean, you would have seen so many greyhounds in the streets yes. of Melbourne. They, they are so placid. They make wonderful pets. And we're going to have to put the hard word on David King to adopt him when he retires, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Well, well only if he likes going to training. Could, King could take him to training. <laughs> <laughs> Wandered down there. His name's King Eternal too, Tim, not Eternal King. I think I, I, think I called him Eternal King. So we just what, call him the King. We, we, uh, we don't get carried away here. We, we like to yeah, keep things do. very, very much. Under, where, what, what's the biggest race you can win in the Greyhound Racing? Australia Cup? Biggest race. Well, Australian Cup's not far away. It's only two Saturdays well, not away. This but, year. The, the, but the biggest race you can win is the Phoenix, which is worth $1.65 million. When's that run? 
Let's run in December. Plenty right. of time to get the king ready for that. <laughs> Were you a chance or not? Well, he's got a lot of untapped potential, so you never know, Gaz. Right. If it all clicks like uh, Max King will one day, mm-hmm. look out. I like the. Br- I always like to look at the breeding. So he's out of by. That's a good question, Tim. Oh, you've caught me with that. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Maddie from Beveridge, I'm going to put you in because he's the first one to text in to say he's, he loves the dish lickers. So you can be one of the first owners for next week. Is we kick? Is we going to say for next week? To be confirmed. To Gary, be confirmed, the timing could, could be running Tuesday or or uh, Thursday. But yeah, we'll right. just see how we go. Okay, is well, it okay? Is it okay to call them the dish lickers or not? Oh yeah. What would you prefer you us to call it? Greyhounds. Oh, probably the greyhounds. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We won't call the dish lickers. Um, we're not. We're not too. Particular. We'll put Matty, uh, whoever that was, Matt from Beveridge. You're our first one. We'll pick our other four winners next week, and then away we go. We're excited about this. I like the, I like the look of his uh, box muscle. There, he's got t- two powerful. I think he's going to be a very good jumper. What do you think, Wisp? Yeah, I think he's going to be a great jumper. And you're getting a new team. Tim's getting a baby pug today. Does he need it? Like a, a lot of the big, you know, superstar yeah. horses yes. in the thoroughbred, they have a, a teaser pony with them that travels. Should Tim's pug become the king's teaser? It won't hurt just to uh, introduce him and socialise him a bit. I mean, as I say today, you met some uh, some unusual breeds, and uh, it's all good for him. I mean, a day like this, just coming to the city, mm. that might bring this dog out of his shell. I think this so. You'll know, be, be talking about meeting the Wisp and Gary forever. <laughs> Get back to the kennel. Okay, so our, to our audience, this is your dog. So anything you can do for uh, Max. We would have, you might make a rug, you might be able to make a You're not going to turn Max into a rug. No, <laughs> any like a bed, uh, blanket. Oh, I need a crochet something well, for him, mate. That's got a little blanky or something. That they a little, want a nice little blanky. Nice blanky. <laughs> My word. What color? He looks black to me, but what color? Brindle. Would, what color is he, Andrew? Oh, he's definitely black, Tim, with a, with a touch of white on his chest. There you go. Beautifully. Big, Be- powerful chest. Beautifully put together. Dog, 34 kilos. Oh, he's a bit gangly. He's not the best beginner. But he's just growing into himself. Yeah, right? exactly. When he gets a yeah. bit of clear air, yeah. uh, look out. He can really unwind and run some quick time. Right, We're in. We're off and running. So, uh, hey, thanks for bringing the king in. It is uh, exciting. Andrew Copley from Greyhound Racing Victoria. We'll give you all the details next week. He is a gorgeous dog, in all honesty. Absolute beauty. He's as calm as anything, and he's ready to explode. Thanks for coming in, mate. My pleasure, boys. Thanks for having me. We'll keep you up to speed. We'll let you know exactly how you can get involved with uh, King Eternal. But he's a beauty. Uh, News just in, by the way, for Carlton supporters, CEO Brian Cook and AFL senior coach Michael Voss will continue to lead the Blues beyond 2024. Have we got a time? Have we got... um, got an extension of two years, we believe. So, SEM Breakfast from Melbourne Airport Parking. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. Sammy Edmonds coming up. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Brian Cook through until the end of 2025 and Vossi through till the end of 2026 for the Blue Baggers. So, good stability at that footy club and exciting, exciting times ahead. Too long for corn, do you think? Those deals, or yeah. are they about right for him? Right, you don't like a long-term right deal. Right on the button there. I'm on uh, the fence. The teaser pony, you're 100% yeah. right. That's not the right, wasn't the right uh, term. A companion I pony. I didn't want to correct you. The teaser gets them all fired up. Yes, well, yes, they, we know what the teaser Well, probably the king, no, wouldn't, the king wouldn't be disappointed <laughs> if that was a – did you see him? Oh, he's a nice dog. He's a nice dog. Well, you know the greyhounds yes, better than I, I do. do. He was very, very relaxed, wasn't he? Yep. Very relaxed. Uh, speaking of King, Kingy and Corn are back for Fireball Friday tomorrow. Uh, we've been here for Melbourne Airport Parking. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au.
Um, can't offer much, gents, but I could love to offer our specialist canine legal package if he ever goes astray after a big win. <laughs> We're looking for any any help that we can. I've got some Stockman and Paddock biscuits. Mm, perfect. The, the Greyhounds love them. Send them in. We're happy to pass them on to uh, the King's owners. That's right. Uh, trainers, I'm rather. If you're a manufacturer of Smackos, we'll take those as well. You Do- want a crocheted rug for him, don't you? We little do. Blanky. Little Blanky. Duna, our great mate who works at Allen's. He reckons he can give him. I don't think it's going to help no, you. No, no sweets. It'll help us, though. Um, His teeth are good. His he, teeth he are excellent. Good fangs. Hey, that was a nice week. A lovely week. Don't I really call, enjoyed don't it. Don't call it a week. Cause like, so when are we back next year? Uh, Is it? <laughs> what's that? I think we need a spell. We'll come back mid year. Need a spell. We'll, we'll be back. You do, <laughs> you do need a spell. <laughs> I tell you what. If you try the usher joke again next week, you are having. A I'm going to work on that over the next couple of days. Kingy will be back tomorrow. Kingy and Corn. Great listening, of course. Thanks for your company. Sammy Edmund is on his way in.